0: This is Shannon Ray Davis, and you are listening to Omega Man Radio. Welcome to my world, the world of the Omega Man. Join us here for the nightly marathon, broadcasting Monday through Friday. You can find us here on YouTube, and we encourage you to report for duty. Get trained up. War of the Saints is coming. You want to be an overcomer and endure till the end. We will teach you how. We cast out devils.
1: Mega Man Radio Network. Uh, tonight is a live program. We've got uh, Benjamin Brook on the air tonight. It's going to be a great program. Looking forward to it. Uh, if you uh, missed any of our shows over the weekend, wow. We had uh, six hours of radio, Saturday night and Sunday night. We literally had a uh, double-decker show each night. And uh, as all programs are, they're available from the uh, MP3 downloads, if you miss them live, you can also download them via iTunes. A uh, free subscription over there. And uh, also through OmegaManRadio.com. Uh, speaking of which, if you go to the website, there is a little button called RSS embedded in the player. And if you click on that, it will pull up a screen that will show you all 150-plus programs we have in the can. And you can download them. Download them for free. Send them to your friends. So I uh, want to welcome everyone to the program tonight. Uh, we are going to open up the lines in the second hour. If you have a question for Benjamin, I'd like to make a comment. Uh, you need prayer, whatever the case may be. The number is 917-889-2745. Toll-free number is 877-806-2482. Without further delay, let's get Benjamin on the line. Stand by. Benjamin, how are you tonight, my friend?
2: Hey, I'm good. I'm good. How are you, brother?
1: Good, and I call you my friend because we've known each other uh, since about 2003. Praise God. Amen. And uh, it's a, it's always a pleasure, Benjamin, to have you back on the program. Um, what a time it is to be alive in this world.
3: Oh, you know,
2: yes. Uh, the patriarchs, the prophets of old, the apostles, and the ecclesia. The Chosen for 2,000 years have looked forward to this day, to this hour. And uh, the Spirit and the Bride have been saying, Come for, for two long days, 2,000 years in the Lord's eyes. But the day has finally come, and it is, it is nigh upon us. It's even here now. In, but, you know, it's coming to pass in ways that are beyond our understanding you know, we all have kind of a vision of what we think is going to play out based on our knowledge of Scripture and based on what's in the prophetic writings, but the details are are left to be discovered by the day itself, which will declare the events that lead us to the, the revelation of Jesus Christ and when the sign of the Son of Man pierces the heavens. But, you know, it's sure unfolding in an amazing way, isn't it?
1: Man, it is uh, every day. Wake up! There's something new. Um, it seems to just be accelerating. This time It's
2: incredible.
1: You know the Black
2: Friday. I don't know if any of our listeners um, are of the commercial persuasion, and they they chose to go out and face the beast, the system, on what it calls Black Friday. But I was watching some YouTube. News video of the behavior of the crowds, and it's outrageous. The, the mindset of the beast is manifesting in the population as they fight each other over a ten-dollar coaster.
3: Man, that's true.
2: People are getting killed. They're getting trampled. There's fights. You know, there's homicide threats. It's absolutely insane all for that wealth that's in the hand of that woman mystery babylon you know and her citizens continue to bend the knee and bow at her throne so they can get their ten dollar toaster and their ipod and you know the latest little satanic entertainment little demonic video games and uh it is simply amazing. What is going to happen when there is no food in the stores? If they fight each other over the Black Friday sale items, what is the mind of the people going to look like when they actually face the hardship and the suffering that's coming? It's going to be incomprehensible.
1: Man, it's going to be um, Mad Max to the 1,000th degree. And the uh, the problem is... Um... The Christians that thought they were going to be raptured out before all this happened are going to be the ones that are, I think are going to be hit the hardest because they're going to be totally unprepared. Yeah. They were sold a bill of goods which said that, hey, they won't have to be around for this stuff, and uh, they didn't need to prepare spiritually, physically. And so they're literally going to be caught like a thief in the night.
2: Yeah, it's not going to work out too well. That, uh, that disappearing uh, doctrine, you know, that... Um... You know, it kind of reminds me of the Wizard of Oz. You know, you click your heels together and you just say, you know, I wish I was in Kansas, and then you hope you disappear. But nobody's going anywhere for a while. Because the Scripture cannot contradict, Bruce. Yes. The Scripture declares that the righteous shall remain. The wicked will be uprooted out of the earth but the righteous shall remain. And the word for shall remain in the Hebrew is yathar. And it translates to leave a righteous remnant behind. So, you know, it's really too bad that um, this last day's apostasy included all of this erroneous eschatology where people were taught pretty much the opposite of the truth. But, you know, that really shouldn't surprise us that the mainstream, the consensus, is is for the most part the exact opposite of the truth. Because 2,000 years ago, on the advent of the first coming of the Messiah, the religious leaders told the people the Messiah is going to come and he's going to save us from the Roman government. He's going to save us from the occupation of our enemies. He's going to save us from the persecution because he's going to bring the Davidic kingdom. And it was exactly the opposite. He brought the word of truth, which divided the nation. He brought a sword to divide the planet. And that division ultimately brought the judgment down on the temple and the entire religious system. And then the the current government was ultimately destroyed. And so, the religious leaders had the people looking for exactly the opposite. Here today, we have the same false teaching that the Messiah is going to come and he's going to save us from the Antichrist. He's going to save us from any persecution, he's going to save us from any suffering. And the opposite's the truth.
1: That's right. The day said of the, the Lord please.
2: is for the purification of the church. So this didn't just happen by accident that God's bringing the rebellion of this sinful planet to a culmination in what the scripture calls the indignation. That he's bringing it to a grand finale in this fashion. This is not happened by accident. This was the day the Lord made. The Lord planned this. He's letting the sin manifest in its totality. And it's going to include the, the persecution of all true believers. That's right. You shall be hated of all nations on account of his namesake. But, you know, we, we Americans, Bruce, we're, we're the lazy Christians. We're the Christians who our salvation was supposed to be easy. At least that's what we thought. We were never really supposed to suffer for the Lord. We were just going to name it and claim it. We were just going to believe it. Maybe sow a little seed to receive it. But, you know, that's all so much heresy, so heretical. You know, try taking the prosperity gospel to China. Man. Try teaching the people who've been imprisoned for much of their life because they would not renounce the name of Jesus. Tell them they're going to get rich. You know, I think of one pastor, he was arrested for being a Christian. They, You know, Bruce,
1: I'm going to put you on hold one sec, because I've got somebody Absolutely. who's going to just keep calling in. I'll be right back. That's not a problem. Folks, this is a live program. This is a Mega Man Radio Network, if you're tuning in now. Special guest tonight is Benjamin Brook. This is a live program. And uh, we're talking about a, a subject which uh, is going to affect us all. Whether we choose to uh, hear it or not, title for tonight's program is, It Has Begun. And literally, it has. And we did not get out of here early. We're still alive. Thanksgiving has gone and passed. Maybe that will be the last Thanksgiving that any of us have in relative peace. Um, we're still here. And um, the timetable is still ticking. You know, Benjamin, I was um, just kind of meditating today with the Lord and said, God, I need a word. And I let my King James Bible open up, and it fell open to uh, Ezekiel 22. And I put my finger down uh, pretty close to a paragraph that says, uh, the fire of God's wrath. It says, And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land, that I should not destroy it. But I found none. Therefore have I poured out my indignation upon them, I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath. Their own way have I recompensed upon their heads, saith the Lord God. And then I uh, I went back and I looked um, at this chapter, chapter 22 of Ezekiel. And uh, it's, not a, it's not a pretty picture, but I believe God is talking about um, this time right now. It says, Her prophets have daubed them with untempered mortar, seeing vanity, divining lies unto them, saying, Thus saith the Lord God, when the Lord hath not spoken it. The people of the land have used oppression to exercise robbery, have vexed the poor and needy. Yea, they have oppressed a stranger wrongfully. And um, it's not a pretty picture. God basically says the people are like dross. He throws them in the midst of the furnace. And uh, when you go through the, um, the furnace of affliction, you either get burned up or you come out refined as gold. Amen. And I know it says judgment starts first in the house of, Lord, and if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the sinner and the ungodly appear? I believe that God is um, putting the the church through the fire to see if who's who's going to be for Him, or who was only a Christian in name only. Pretty soon it'll be uh, very apparent uh, who are the who are the true people of God as the persecution is poured out, because uh, when persecution comes. It's not a matter of, uh, well, I I became a Christian because uh, my friends invited me to church, and we stopped by and got a Starbucks on the way, and the pastor told me that uh, I could sow a seed and I could get all my debts canceled, and, uh, you know, they didn't say anything about persecution of me. I didn't sign up for that as part of the deal. Um, What do you mean that I might have to take the mark of the beast? Yeah, well, don't take it. Or I don't get food. You know, uh, people but, haven't read chapter fast. 24 of Matthew, Benjamin. They've read the part about, you know, the we hear roars and rumors of wars and nation rising against nation and, you know, earthquakes in diverse places. We've seen those. But then they stop right there and they think, well, I guess I'm going to be caught out of here. First class, pay ticket to paradise. Well,
2: you know, if anybody still holds on to that nonsense, and you know, God bless him and show mercy to him because it's, not scriptural it's not it doesn't line up with the word of god and the word of god does not contradict the scripture says that the wicked are going to be uprooted it's the wicked getting pulled out by the roots and thrown into the fire where both the branch and the root shall be consumed but the righteous shall remain and at the same time god is going to purge his temple, he's purging his barn. He's going to cleanse his people. And, you know, the Scripture is the absolute truth. I trust many of our listeners have come to that understanding. The Word of God is true in every way. It's true in every day. There are no exceptions. There is not one time when the Lord was wrong or when his Word didn't apply, there's no exception to the truth. It is always true. It is altogether true. And we need to get, we need to wake up. You know, I've been um, speaking off and on for the last 10 years to this country, around the country, and i got to tell you, most of the people that are aware of the time, they themselves are still asleep. Because they're not listening. The scripture is very clear. The judgment of God begins in the house of the Lord. That's right. The judgment of the entire earth begins in God's house with God's people. And where does it begin? It begins in the Holy of Holies where the Lord stands up unto the judgment. And then the judgment moves out into the inner court among those who have been chosen to come within the sanctuary, come into the anointing, come into the inner court where you can hear the Lord, where you get the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The people that are closest to the Lord, they are the ones being judged first. And I can tell you, as a witness, the judgment of God has been on my life. And I've been passing under the rod of his judgment. And it is amazing. And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? You know, and everybody's all worried about, you know, the is going to collapse. Forget about it. The economy is going to be over. There's not going to be any food. Your money will be no good. Throw it away. Babylon's coming down. Don't even worry about it. then people are worried about
3: persecution.
2: There's nothing to worry about. They will hate you like they hated him. That's right. All nations. You can count on it. And we're all going to endure this. But you know what? That's nothing. That is the small stuff. And don't sweat the small stuff. I'll tell you what to be concerned about. That the Lord would remove his presence from you. And that he would remove his peace from your life. And that he would leave you to yourself for a brief window of time. That is what you should be concerned about. And in this judgment that's coming, there are many people that are going to pass through it, that are going to get purified with it. That God's going to comfort through the process. And then there are others. ...whom the Lord is going to purge them thoroughly, and during that hour of testing, they're going to go through it like Jesus, alone. And let me tell you, I'm not tough enough to handle this alone. If the Lord's with us, we can walk through anything. If He removes His Holy Spirit from us, and He sends us out there, we can't handle anything, You're let alone right. what's coming. So, I think our whole paradigm is, is just all wrong. You know, Jesus told us, if you seek to save your life in this hour, you're going to lose it. If your primary motivation is to save your life, save your little comfortable life, Jesus said you can be certain you will lose the life you were trying to save. And the only way to actually survive and endure this hour is to lose your life, For his sake. Everybody's losing their life now. It's just a question of for what. You either lose your life for the sake of Jesus Christ and for the kingdom of God, or you lose your life because you just didn't simply believe what the Lord said was true. You thought you'd be the exception. You're going to be the guy who can try to save his life, and you're going to get away with it. It's going to actually work. But i got news for you. There's no possible way it's going to work, because the Word of God is always true. It's true every day. It's true in every way, and it's going to be true in every one of our listeners' lives. The only way out of this thing, if there, if there is a way out, is through the cross, and through dying to yourself, and through losing your life for the kingdom of God. So, you know, let's start with the fact that it's over, we are all done. This little, you know, whatever you thought you were doing, well, it's about ready to pack up and ship out, because that's ending. A whole new day is beginning, the day of God's judgment. Now, if you have not yet felt the judgment of the Lord, don't worry. You will. He's going to get to you. You're on the list. He's working down the list of his people. He's starting with the elders and those that have been appointed as watchmen and those that have been called as apostles and pastors and evangelists, those that are in the true ministry. Now, I'm not talking about the hirelings who came among you merchandising the gospel for their own filthy profit. I'm talking about the true ministries. God's beginning judgment in his house right now. Okay? If you haven't yet experienced the judgment of the Lord... It just means you're on the list. He hasn't gotten you yet, but he will. And that judgment is going to be upon all the sin in your life. His judgment is going to come upon all the sinful elements of your character. His judgment is going to come upon all the sinful elements of your soul. He's going to judge all the thoughts. He's going to judge. His sword is so sharp. He's going to separate the true from the false. He's going to separate the righteous from the unrighteous. He's going to separate flesh from spirit. And that which belongs to him, he's going to protect. That which does not, he's going to be burned in the fire. And that's why if you try to save your life in the flesh, you think you're going to keep your pillow with you as you run through the tribulation? You're going to have your comfortable little lifestyle preserved? I got news for you. It's not happening. Get over it. And get on with the kingdom. We all need to accept the fact that we are going to suffer the loss of all things in the flesh. Many of us are going to actually suffer the loss of our lives in the flesh. You know, don't let that bother you. As long as the Lord keeps his hand and puts his Holy Spirit on you, as long as you have the peace of the presence of God, And you've got his rod and his staff to comfort you. It doesn't matter what we're going to walk through, people. You're going to be fine. But if in his judgment of your life, he removes that comfort, he removes that peace, he sends you out into the wilderness, into the fire, alone in your flesh, then you're going to know some pretty tough days. But even that is nothing to fear because it comes to pass. It doesn't come to stay if you're one of his chosen. Now, after he gets done judging his people and purifying his people, then he's going to begin to judge the earth. And he's going to judge the wicked. That judgment is without remedy. They are going to be bundled together and burned in the fire. And The human mind cannot contemplate the ferocity of this judgment in which the wrath of a holy God is poured out without limit. You know, the Lord says in the Scripture that He judges us with mercy. I don't know if any of our listeners have seen the judgment of the Lord, but if you're really His... You can bear witness to a time, at least most believers, to a time of his discipline or his judgment in their lives. And it, it's a painful thing. He's a faithful father. He will not spare the rod. He is not going to spoil the child. He will mete out the discipline that you need to correct you and to bring you into righteousness. And he doesn't afflict the sons of men needlessly. God does not. Punish us or judge us or scourge us or purify us with, with circumstances or hardships that are more difficult than is what is merited for us. But he gives us exactly what we need to turn us unto righteousness. But I've got news for you it is a very difficult process. Take the Lord seriously, people. God is not kidding. Look at the cross. Look at what Jesus had to endure. God was not kidding about this thing called sin. He's serious about sin. And we've been a people of compromise. This is the Laodicean era. We live in the generation of his wrath. We walk among an evil and an adulterous people. And the judgment of God that is coming has already begun. I can testify to that. I have witnessed it personally. I thank God that it's for the blessing of his people. Or it would be intolerable. But when you know that God is doing this in order to make you ready for the wedding feast, The scripture says to glorify the Lord in the fire. And we need to get to the point where we are thanking God for the purging in our life. Because through the eyes of faith, we can see the purpose and the finale. Stop looking at this in temporal eyes that, well, we're going to suffer the loss of a few things. Actually, most of us are going to suffer the loss of everything in this world. Well, we're going to be persecuted. Yeah. Well, we're going to be hated by all of the nations. There isn't even going to be one nation that doesn't hate us. Hallelujah. Because we're not of the world. But when this purging has accomplished its work, we're going to come out of the fire Purified like gold. He told us, I chose you in a furnace of affliction. And we are supposed to learn to rejoice. And praise God, glorify the Lord in the fire. It reminds me of a Chinese pastor. I just heard the story of his life the other day. And he was on a, a DVD from China. He'd been arrested, and they they came and they took his house, they took all of his possessions, they took all of his money, and they threw him and his wife and their eight children out into the street. No job, no food. There's no food stamps in China, and they told them everything will be re- restored to you if you will simply renounce jesus christ and he said i can't do that so they put him in prison for 20 years he was in hard no. labor but he never got sick harsh conditions in the cold and the food was no good and i'm sure the bed he slipped on was probably not very comfortable either the shoes he wore probably didn't keep his feet warm, but he never got sick for 20 years. And during that time, his wife finally found a job. She found a full-time job, and, and she was able to rent a one little room for her and her eight children.
4: And she Love was paid
2: part. 80 cents a week. And it wasn't enough money to buy food for all eight kids. So when she got her paycheck, she prayed, and she said, Lord, you gave me this 80 cents, so I'm not going to say anything. She wasn't going to complain. But she said, Lord, would you feed your children? Because her job didn't provide her enough money to feed her eight children. While her husband's in a slave labor camp he won't renounce the name of Jesus. And what are we worried about? What's going to happen to us? We might lose some comfort. We might lose our freedom. Our, our wives and our children might be homeless. We have seen nothing. We don't even know hardship. We are the most spoiled, pampered... Immature generation of Christians ever, in my opinion. I could be wrong. That's just an opinion. I hope I am wrong. Maybe I'm just talking about myself. Maybe I'm just spoiled, pampered, and immature, and I need to grow up. But i got to tell you, the judgment of God, when it comes on your life, it grows you up quick. You know, if we could talk to a believer... On the other side of the tribulation, whether he was a believer who died as a martyr or he was a believer who walked through all of those years and was part of the remnant that survived and endured to the end. I was thinking about this the other day. as I was meditating on what to share on this show. and It occurred to me, we wouldn't be able to talk to this person. We could not understand what they would try to tell us because our understanding is so darkened today. But I'm sure that they would somehow try to communicate to us that it's okay what you're about to go through because it's the only way the Lord can bring you to the point of holiness and to the understanding of his word and to the realization of his glory and to the total embrace of his cross, and that God wasn't doing this by a mistake, but that this was the plan of the Lord all along, and that you've been chosen to participate in the most important time, save the physical life of Jesus Christ on the earth, the most important time in all of the history of creation, and to count yourself blessed that the Lord would choose you for this. We need to stop trying to save our lives. It doesn't work. It robs you of your peace. It is totally ineffective. And I've got it on pretty good authority, Jesus Christ is my authority, that it's not going to work. You will fail. So we need to stop. Bruce, you know I I listen to callers and I've talked to thousands of people speaking around the country. I, you know I visit some of these chat rooms. My friend Nathan Lial has a little chat room on his website, yes. Washington's Cry, and I got to tell you, I read. You know, and I get emails. You know, through my website and some of the people that have read my book. But, you know, it's as if none of us even get the message of what's about to happen. People are. Arguing with each other over nothing. Words without knowledge coming out of most people's mouths today. And then the majority of the other people are trying to save their life. What do I do to save my life, Benjamin? Uh, You don't. You don't save your life. Get it out of your head.
1: I think Jim Morrison said it right. No one gets out of here alive.
2: No, but and, uh, you can get out of here through the cross.
1: Yes. <clears throat> yes. You
2: can get out of here alive if you become born again. Because if the life you're leading is the life of Jesus Christ, you are coming out alive. But if you're le- if the life you're leading is in the flesh, it's going to die, folks. Because the kingdom of the flesh is over. The time of the carnal man has ended, and is ending very soon. And nothing that is of this earth, that, that is earthly, which is a synonym for demonic in the scriptures. You know, the, he that has the love of the world has not the love of the Father. And yet, you know, our generation has been so bombarded with the world... It comes in our homes on TV screens. We get it through the Internet 24-7. You know, I can download Babylon at 3 megabytes a second. It's a torrent of sin if your eyes are open to it. It's a torrent of unbelief. And, you know... You're not going to save your life. I just, I don't know how many times I've said this, speaking in public. I don't think anybody heard me. Everybody's worrying about, should I buy gold? Should I buy silver? It says your silver and your gold cannot deliver you in the day of the Lord. Yet everybody, you know, that has a little bit of savings... There's so much focus on getting the right gold. Jesus told us that if you're poor in spirit, to come to see him and buy the gold of the kingdom, which is available without price. It's available without price. But the gold and the silver of this earth, they're going to throw it in the streets before this is over. You know, and I'm not saying, don't be a good steward. And I'm not trying to tell people, don't prepare. I'm just trying to wake everybody up, and maybe I'm just preaching to myself, and I'm the only one listening. But the scripture uh, is very clear. We cannot save our lives in this hour. There's many listening tonight, Benjamin.
1: Pardon? There are many people listening tonight. In fact, I feel like crying. I uh, Thank the Lord is spanking me tonight. I mean, you know, uh, if you look back at World War II, you look at the kamikaze pilots. These were guys that had already decided uh, they were going to sacrifice their life. They were prepared to die. And uh, when you're prepared to die, there is nothing that can stop you. I mean, that's, uh, that's your worst nightmare when you're fighting a uh, enemy. And they're ready to sacrifice their lives. And, um, you know, you said it right. We don't get out of here alive um, by trying to save our lives. Now, yes, I do believe that there will be some that will uh, endure till the end and see Jesus return at the last trump. But if you look at the Day of the Lord, it says men will be as scarce as the gold of Ophir. That's a very rare gold, isn't it? Well, actually, that was a myth.
2: It didn't really exist. Wow. The golden wedge of Ophir was a mythological wedge of gold that was just imaginary. Yeah, there are not going to be very... The scripture says the number of people that will be left alive, a child could count on one on their fingers. Well, the last time God judged the earth, eight people made it to the end. And I don't know the number this time. I don't even care. You know, it doesn't matter. We belong to the Lord. And whether we serve him in this hour for a brief window of time or whether we walk through this entire tribulation period is ultimately Jesus' decision. Amen. We don't have the authority to decide that for ourselves. And, you know, the Scripture is very clear that there's going to come a point early into the Tribulation where the angels say, blessed are they that die in the Lord from this time. It's going to get so hard down here in terms of just harsh environmental conditions, extreme heat, extreme drought. There won't be fresh water hardly anywhere there isn't going to be any refuge from the heat. I mean, it is going to be a rough planet, and that's if you're in the remnant, to the point that the Scripture says the ones that die in the Lord are blessed from this point forward. So, you know, this whole idea point. of making it to the end, you know, we'd all love to, but really we got to make it in the beginning in the kingdom and not in our flesh. You know, if we're trying to go through this with all of our junk on our backs, you know, it's like you're you're going on this uh, great, you know, trip, this great voyage and all you get to take is a backpack and people are filling it with all their stuff, you know. Well, I got to have my stereo and you know, find some way to fit all my clothes in there and can I strap my car, you know, can I take my car? Reality is, you know, we're going to lose all that junk. When I mean, people don't even have a concept of what's going to happen, the whole modern economy is going to collapse in the United States. The electric grid's going to go down. Nothing's going to function. There won't be trucks running. It's going to get to a point where there's not going to be stores. Nobody's going to go shopping anymore. And whatever you stockpiled. It's either going to run out or get stolen by looters, or you're going to get relocated where you don't even have access to it anymore. That's right. And then what are we going to do? Now we're going to walk by faith. Am I ready for that? No. But I know it's the only way we're going to make it. I'll tell you one thing, though. God intends to take every one of us to the end of ourselves. That's his plan. Jesus told you if you want to come after me, if you want to follow me, if you want to come to the kingdom, then pick up your cross. You know, and we thought he was kinda kidding or something. Or he didn't mean, you know, this no. It means this. If you were a Christian in China in the last 50 years, you've already seen the Great Tribulation. When they take your family, they take your freedom, they take all your property, they beat you, and they kill you for the faith. I mean, that is, in essence, as severe as it can get. If you're a Christian in a Muslim country today, you've already suffered persecution. You know, we're this anomaly. We are this strange creature here in America where we've got these Christians and, you know, and we love the Lord. I love the Lord. He saved me from being a knucklehead. And and I know you do too, Bruce, and many of our brothers and sisters do as well. You have mercy
1: on me, that's for sure. God have mercy.
2: Oh, amen. But you know what? At the same time, we've been really spoiled. We've had it so easy. And, you know, in that prosperity and in all of our affluence, I mean, we are a wealthy people. You know, we don't go without meals because we don't have the money. Most of us have never known hunger because of poverty. Most of us have never known the kind of persecution that was the reality of the church for 2,000 years. We've had freedom, we've had prosperity, we've had everything. And what was the fruit of it? Well, we became complacent and compromised. That's human nature. That's the Adamic nature. That is what sin will do. Man, sin is like a weed, you know? It finds a way to take root. You know, you know Benjamin,
1: no that's the truth. I mean, I'm in a southern city right now, and I got to thinking, uh, where are the homeless at? I drive down. I don't see anybody uh, homeless for the for the large part on the corner. I don't see people uh, sleeping on the side of the road yet here, but yet I see restaurants still jam packed. I see stores, you know, being flooded by people looking for bargains. Uh, we haven't seen the bottom yet, and I'm not saying there's not cities that haven't been hit hard. Surely there have. But you're right. We have not seen the worst yet, and uh, you know what? We've got the wrong mindset. Uh, even those of us that are alert and know what time it is, if we're thinking that we're going to be able to uh, make sufficient preparation to see it till the end, we're just kidding ourselves. Um,
2: or if we're stockpiling gold, you know, great, you got a, you got a couple suitcases full of gold. You're, you, know, you were sharp, and now you're wealthy. Okay, so now you got to lug around these two heavy suitcases, right, Bruce?
1: Oh, man, you don't so need a pack And are
2: with that stuff? <laughs> and, Folks, well, I've
1: been guilty of that. Uh, what
2: are you going to do when the famine hits? Hey, I got my gold. What are you, you going to do when the foreign troops show up and they start kicking down everybody's doors? Hey, don't touch my gold. What are you going to do when there's no fresh water? Well, we could drink the gold.
1: Maybe eat the gold. What are people going to do gonna when
3: deliver?
1: there's an executive yeah, order signed, which what, says you know? if you have more than a couple days worth of food, uh, you're a hoarder. You're going to jail, felony, folks. It's coming. Yeah, it's going to get so crazy. I mean,
2: look at you know, look at the total sexual assault already occurring in the name of national security. You
1: know, I, sp- I spoke to my brother the other day. I said, uh, "Bro, do you know?" Uh, What TSA's just done, he says, what are you talking about? And I said, yeah. Next time you go to to fly, and he flies frequently, I said, you're going to be faced with um, two choices. You can either go through the uh, full body scanners and get a low-level dose of radiation, and as much as you fly, you'll probably have cancer in a year, because that stuff's cumulative. Oh, yeah. Or you can go and uh, be searched by two people that are going to stick their hands in your underwear. Uh, Jesse Ventura. Uh, Navy SEAL, tough guy. I heard him say the other day, he was so demoralized, someone was touching his anus. Folks, he said he will never fly again as long as they have this uh, ruling in place. He said that he was demoralized and there was nothing he could do about it to get on the plane. And now, if you try to to leave the line, what they'll do is they'll have a police officer detain you. You can be charged $11,000, then you're going to go on a a domestic terrorist list because you tried to jump out of the line. It'd be like driving up to a roadblock, and you say, wait a minute, I'm not going all the way up. And you try to jump over the medium. They will track you down right, and arrest you.
2: Right.
1: Uh, and I said, you haven't went through this yet? And he says, no. I said, He said, when did it happen? I said, well, within the last two weeks. And uh, we're all going to be uh, facing that if we choose to fly. That's just the beginning, folks. No, I mean, listen, I, uh, I thought I could escape it. I thought I could move to another country, Benjamin, and escape. And I realize that any place you go on this globe has a shelf life to it. What's going to happen, there is no escape from. And if we haven't come to grips with this, it's not a matter of, well, <laughs> well, we die. No, folks, listen, your your biggest danger right now is not how long you're going to make it to the tribulation period, but it's uh, are you going to make it past the great falling away? You're ta- We're talking losing your soul in eternity because you deny Christ. I mean, if we're not prepared to go all the way, go for broke for Jesus Christ and lose our life and lay it down, like he said, uh, pick up the cross and follow me. He that is not willing to lay down his life is not worthy of me. That's Christ's own words. The only way out of this thing is, is to be willing to say, look, I'm ready to lose my life. And if you've already made that preparation in your mind, then, uh, you know, fear can't touch you. Um, because uh, nobody can, can prepare uh, and make all the contingency to survive what's co- coming. It's impossible. You will have some preparations. They will run out. Do you make preparations? I believe you do what you can do. Absolutely. But listen, this is going to run out. Just like when they were ejected from Egypt, the children of Israel went into the desert. Whatever they carried in their back, it ran out after three days. You know, it'll take you only so far. And uh, if you seek to uh, rely on the armor of the flesh, you know, trust in horses and trust in chariots, uh, you're toast. In this hour, uh, will God prepare, I mean, take care of his people? I believe he will. I mean, God told you something one time. I never forgot what you said. Uh, Remember when you told me he said, uh, uh, I will spare that which is mine. Everything else will be destroyed. Yeah, he said, "I will protect that which is mine." That's that's the that's the quote I'm talking about.
2: And I mean, everything uh, else will be destroyed. I mean, folks. And uh... that, folks, that's an that was an audible word from the Lord. I heard that with my ears after the Lord showed me some of what's coming, and I saw it because I was there. It wasn't an idea. It wasn't a picture. It wasn't a vision. I've already seen the Great Tribulation, and it broke me. There's some people still that have never living, heard of you know, bubble. Tell Our us a little, little bit bubble about lives, <laughs> The bubble is about to pop. And uh, it's a good thing, really, because unless a seed falls to the ground and dies, it abides alone. You know, we just didn't realize. When God said all the stuff that he said to us, he actually meant what he said. For example, I've chosen you in the furnace of affliction. No, God wasn't kidding. He chose to put you in a furnace of affliction. Now, why? Why would God do that? Because it is impossible to learn obedience without suffering. The scripture testifies that even Jesus Christ learned obedience through the things he suffered. And Jesus, being the perfect Son of God, knew no sin. And yet, as a man, and he became a man in all dimensions of humanity, And he walked among us as a man, even though the spirit that was in him was the actual spirit of God because he is God. He also became a man, and as a man, he needed to learn obedience through the things he suffered. We, too, must learn obedience. You do. The scripture says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. But until you've experienced the fruit of foolishness, you don't really appreciate how valuable wisdom can be. Because see, folks, the opposite. There's only one other alternative. You get two choices. You got wisdom and you got the fruit of foolishness. <laughs> you've tasted the fruit of foolishness for what it really is, you don't know how precious that wisdom is. And uh, that's part of what we're all about to experience. The Lord meant us to take him very, very seriously. He did not mince words. And, you know, I just don't think, even those of us that know what's about to happen... I don't think most of us even get it because I go in these chat rooms and I don't post much, but you know, every now and then I'll go and just sort of look at some of the stuff that's out there. People will direct me to different threads. I got to tell you, there's quite a bit of argument, argumentative spirit going on. and I mean, people, you know, many offended and betraying one another, that's already started over the dumbest stuff, you know, it's like, what are we thinking?
1: Man, I'm uh, fighting with people right now who will rebuke me, and they call themselves believers.
3: Oh, of course uh, they do.
1: Over the fact that I use the name Jesus Christ.
2: They tell me if I don't use Yeshua, I'm
1: going to hell, basically.
2: Well, let me tell you, as a witness, that doctrine that, you know, you can't use the name of Jesus, That comes out of the pit of hell. I know, because I've seen that demon manifest. I had one of the people deceived by that doctrine get right in my face, and he was so angry that, you know, I just wouldn't believe his false doctrine. That demon rose up. I got news. If there's anybody out there that you're legitimately questioning this, um, the name of Jesus is the name that the Messiah of Israel is called in English. Amen. They're, you know, my name me, has different names. In English, it's Benjamin. In Hebrew, it's Binyamin. Okay? The same name can have different language associations. But, Bruce, I was in Jerusalem a few years back. i just flown in right on the... Um, when one of those big crises had hit the Middle East. So, as I was... In the air, some big thing happened, and the U.S. military was mobilizing. This was back, I don't know, five, six years ago. Israel was going on red alert, and they were evacuating non-essential embassy personnel out of Israel. So as I'm going through customs, the custom going out was packed with people in a panic to get out of the country because they were afraid a war might start. And as I got to Jerusalem, and, you know, you're red-eyed, you're jet-lagged, you've been flying for 20 hours, you can't sleep, air-raid sirens are going off in Jerusalem. And, you know, people, the streets are deserted. The few people that are out are running. and Everyone's getting their chemical rooms, and, you know, it's like war's going to happen the next day or something. And I am so stressed out from the flight and... You know, realizing, wow, I think I might have just shown up in time for, you know, the next world war. Um, And I couldn't fall asleep. I was just a bundle of nerves. And the Lord sent two angels into my hotel room. I didn't see them, but I heard them. I heard them praying for me. And when they prayed, I saw incredible light fill the room and i was filled with this amazing peace and i just fell asleep and the lord sent two angels to pray for me and in jerusalem they prayed in jesus name now i've studied hebrew i love hebrew i'm jewish i'm an israeli it's my favorite language already okay i think it's way prettier than english And I love the name of Yeshua. I love all the Hebrew names of our God, because they glorify the Lord. But i got news for you. Jesus is also his name. And the angels that came and prayed for me, a little Jewish boy in Jerusalem, prayed in English, because that's my native tongue. And they prayed in Jesus' name. So let's just, you know, I I will take the stand that anybody that teaches against the name of Jesus is speaking the spirit of the Antichrist, and they just don't know
1: it. Amen. And uh, let me clarify something, folks. I got bewitched by that for a while. Okay, I thought I had uh, come to some esoteric knowledge. And then God had to spank me. And I, thank God, he had uh, mercy on me and patience. And then I realized, you know what? This is a doctrine of devils. Yes. Yes, I believe his Hebrew name was Yeshua, but are you going to tell me that the Son of God is not big enough that he can answer to a Hebrew or English name? And here was the problem. It wasn't that I was offended by people that would use the name Yeshua. What it was is it was an offense to them that I was using his English name. And I said, hey, hang on just a second here. If you want to use Hebrew, that's fine, but don't condemn me because I use his English name. You've got the name John in English. You've got Juan in Spanish. You've got Yekanan in Hebrew. They all and mean the same thing. On. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And I said, let me, let me just get to the root of this matter. There's only one name under heaven by which man might be saved, and demons don't come out by any other name but the Son of God. I That's said right. there have been millions of demons that have been cast out in the name of Jesus Christ. How are you going to explain that? And you right. know what it is? Is they, they literally would have ripped me apart if they could have put their hands on me. For a minute I got a glimpse of what it must have been like for Stephen as those demonized people were actually biting him with their teeth. Well, if someone could have killed a spirit. me, spirit. It's a, Benjamin, it's a they would have done it. I mean, I had people rebuking me and saying, "Listen, if you oh, use sure. the name of Jesus one more time on this and we're going to kick you off." And I, 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 uh, I almost, uh, I almost collapsed. I said, "I can't believe what's going on here." And then I realized it's a demonic spirit. There's many that have been bewitched into that, well, and sure. so uh, uh, that's a that's a doctrine of devils. Yes, okay? it is. Uh, Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That is his English name, and don't tell me that I'm not going to use that. In fact, for anybody who wants to keep pushing that point, you're bordering on blasphemy. Because you're attributing, okay, casting out of devils um, to something other than the, uh, the Son of God. Devils don't come out except by the name of Jesus Christ. Well,
2: it's the spirit of Antichrist. It's a, it's a religious spirit that you know, has been trying to deceive the body of believers, from the beginning, and it will manifest in all kinds of divisive doctrines. And, you know, the Lord told the Pharisees, go and learn what this means. I will have mercy and not sacrifice. God is more interested in our mercy and in our loving one another than he is in us being perfect in his law which we can't do anyway. Amen. None of us can get the law right. None of us can walk with a perfect heart. How do I know? We've all sinned. And he who sins is a slave to sin. So unless the Lord sets you free and completely redeems you, there is a dimension of sin that's contaminated every one of our lives. None of us is perfect. No matter how hard we try, we will still find evil motivations underneath our thoughts. You see, the people that are self-deceived, the religious, who, by the way, I think most of them are going to hell, they're going to be the many on that day saying, Lord, Lord, Amen. we argued about everything for you. Amen. The Lord's going to say, I never knew you. Yeah, but we, we went in Internet forums and we were just vicious defending our personal doctrines. But I never knew you. But we are the loudest, of most obnoxious Christians in the whole area. I never knew you. The people that know the Lord walk in His shalom. They walk in His peace. And it's not about trying to correct your brother. That's the Holy Spirit's job. God called us to love one another, not Amen. nitpick each other. I got people accusing me of, I mean, I've been accused of everything under the sun, but I've got a lot of people that want to attack me because they cannot receive the words, the eschatology, in my book. They simply don't understand. Okay, that's fine. You don't have to understand. The Lord will clarify it all later. And I'm not saying I'm you know, some special source of wisdom. I wrote what the Lord told me to write. I wrote what the Lord said, and then I wrote some of my understanding of the scripture and I can be corrected I've already made some mistakes because I, I attempted to put some timing to these things, and like everyone before me, that was a mistake <laughs> because the, the true timing has kind of you know been hidden into the very last moment, so I made some errors i'm you know but the point is people got You know, so violently angry, because I thought the tribulation would start by 2006. Well, it didn't. Okay. Is this a big deal? Well, that guy's a false prophet. Really? When I call America to repent, am I being false? When I tell people the truth in the Bible, am I being false? You know, well, he made a mistake once. Oh, more than that, really, (laughs) if you want to get into it. We've made more than one.
1: No, they need to question. Way. They need to question the fact, what have they heard from the Lord themselves? I will tell you, and I will testify exactly. to this. I remember when I was 15 years old, 16 years old, back, uh, I guess it was 85, I came home from school one day. My mother had uh, taken a trip, and my uh, grandmother was in town, who's a uh, been a minister of the gospel for over 50 years. And uh, I came in, she was you know, basically watching me and my brother. And uh, I'll never forget the day. I walked through the door, and my grandmother uh, was in such a state of panic. She looked at me, and and I said, what's going on? And what I didn't realize at that moment is what had just occurred to her. She had been caught up in the spirit. God had showed her the elements on fire. And she literally thought it was all ending right there at that moment in time. God gave her a glimpse of the future. Wow. And uh, it so terrified her. As uh, everybody that I've ever talked to, including yourself, that have been caught up in the Spirit and shown a glimpse of the future, you literally think, I mean, it's imminent. Yeah, you
2: think it's coming fast. And, and in the Lord's mind, it is going to be fast. But, you know, it I mean, is.
1: It I mean, her her whole concern at that point thought. in time was, please, God, I need just a few moments. Let me call and warn my family. And she literally um, was at that Point that we'll all come to where the time of warning is over with. Right. Uh, you could be separated from your family. That'll be. The, you better have said your goodbye. It may be the last time you ever have to um, to tell them you love them and uh, praise God. It, what it didn't end at that moment in time, but uh, God always gives a warning before He brings His judgment. And I'll Amen. tell you something. Um, she's a great woman of God. And I'll tell that you, is thank God for His warning. Um Bruce.
2: That is an understatement. Your grandmother, I have prayed with her on the phone. And she is one of the most awesome, godly women I have ever met in my life.
1: Oh, hallelujah. What what is her name? Her name is uh, Weedas Weber. She is uh, 78 years old. God bless Um, that
2: sister in the Lord. She's so right on. That woman's so full of the Word of God. She is so full of the Holy Spirit. You are so blessed to have her as family, man. <laughs> I'd man, love I, to adopt your grandmother.
1: <laughs> man, she is uh, she's a one in a million. I tell you, uh, she was caught no up to kidding. the third heaven. Like Paul, uh, he has seen glimpses of the future. Even my grandfather. Um, now he's retired. He's pushing eighty now. God's showing him visions of the future. She's seen the concentration camps. They've seen the food lines where you get to the front you don't have the mark uh, you don't buy food and uh, she's been warning our family for a long time and i'll tell you a lot of people say well man i wish i could uh get a vision of future folks <laughs> be careful what you ask for uh benjamin got a a vision of the future he was literally picked up and set down in, in an american concentration camp uh benjamin a lot many people have not heard your testimony would you give us an executive summary of What happened on your 40th birthday, which culminated in the writing of the book, The Day of the Lord is at Hand? Yeah. Well,
2: that's a hard one to get into. Um, It's a real hard one to get into. We've done it on the radio more than once. And just in summary, I was shown the end for most Christians in America. I was shown their end. And, you know, all that these people did try to save their lives was futile because they did not succeed. And most of them were not uh, rejoicing either. Um, The judgment's very real. And the hour is very much upon us. As I said at the very beginning, it's already begun in the house of the Lord. Now, I'm sure there's Christians out there that are going to argue with me. You know, oh, that Benjamin, you know, said the judgment's begun in the house of the Lord. And, you know, no, it hasn't. Well, it's begun in my life. Maybe not yours. For sure mine. I know others getting poured out like water right now. And, you know, it's the final purging to get us to the point where we're just like, Lord, forgive me for my self-centered paradigm. Forgive me for seeking my own way. Forgive me for being so concerned about myself and my family and not seeking first the kingdom of God. Forgive me, Lord, for not embracing the cross. And God takes you through these purgings to the point where you realize, you know, it was all about Jesus. This is all about Jesus, and it's all about the Word of God, and it's all about the Kingdom of God. And it's very little is about you or me. Matter of fact, none of it is about the people that we were in the flesh. Because those people are going to go to the cross and get crucified, and they're going to die. And when you get raised in the resurrection power of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, hallelujah, who is forever blessed, when you get resurrected, that old stuff ain't coming back. You're going to be a new creation. It is all about him making all things new, not preserving the old things. Somehow we're going to have to hold on to all this old stuff through the tribulation. Get over it. You're not going to. So stop worrying about that.
1: Get your you eyes know you stop off the problem. Ab- when you stop worrying about it, folks, uh, you'll have peace. Uh, I had a point in time where I was so paranoid, and I had made preparations to the 10th degree that I literally couldn't sleep. I was on red alert status 24 hours a day. And God basically had to deal with me. In fact, I, uh, I went and uh, I met with uh, a true prophet. And he says, uh, what can I do for you? I said, brother, you need to cast out a demon. It's called a spirit of fear and paranoia. Because it's literally crippled me. You'll think 24 hours a day of how to save your life. And it's just pure lunacy. And you, you, uh, it'll cripple you. You won't do anything for the Lord. And it makes All you you're thinking about is, how can I hold out? to save my life. And that's contrary to the word of God. He that seeks well, to save his life will lose it. And, and let me amen. qualify something when I said that. Uh, do, do you take some preparations? Absolutely. But you've got to temper that understanding that uh, any preparations you take, if he'll extend your life an extra day that you can do the work of the Lord, then, then that's a good thing because you don't get out of here with anything. The only thing that you've got that's going to last is what you've sent to heaven. Uh, The souls that you've led to the Lord, the the poor that you fed, blessing Israel, helping the widows and the orphans. You know, it says that he that seeks to save souls is wise. If you will set your mind that, uh, hey, I'm going to lose my life one way or the other. And if God seeks to, uh, you know, carry me on down the road a little bit further, well, then praise God, I've got another day to work for him. Because um, if you look at it any other way, I mean, it's folly. In fact, I'll tell you the the, the most uh, fearful words I ever heard, Benjamin, was uh, when I had an opportunity to meet a real prophet. And there's very few of them in the land right now. Folks, be very careful when you ask to see a glimpse of what's down the road. Because it's not a pretty picture. And I, I had a teacher one time said, Be prepared <laughs> to get an answer <laughs> that maybe you didn't expect when you ask a, an honest question. You want an honest answer. I inquired of the Lord. Benjamin and I, I got a response back, and it still makes me uh, shudder today. What does it really mean? I mean, I know what it means. Uh, the word was, I am preparing you so that you will not faint. I said, God, have mercy. What is coming that oh, would man. cause me to faint? And I realized the tribulation. And if I faint and God didn't have mercy on me and prepare me right now, then I'll lose my soul. I'll be part of the great falling away. That's why we're doing these programs, people, because if you fall away in this hour, you probably don't come back. You're talking about losing your eternity and spending eternity in the lake of fire for denying Christ, because I've searched the scriptures, and it's very clear what Jesus said you need to watch out for, the offense that comes from persecution, because persecution is sure. As we're here tonight talking to you, And if if you're not prepared to endure the persecution and stand up for Jesus Christ, and you become offended by it, okay, and you fall away, you're toast. Yeah, you are toast. Because we're going to be persecuted. We're not exempt here. We don't get out of here on a first-class ticket before the tribulation starts. Folks, if I'm wrong, and maybe God had a fruit gathering or something, along the way well then that's gravy but i don't see that but i will tell yeah. you this much if you're not prepared to endure till the end of your life whatever the lord requires of you whether he sends you into the concentration camps whether you lose your neck at the head of an islamic sword okay whether you go up in a nuclear uh flame of fire Whatever the case may be, um, hell awaits. We've got to be ready to go all the way. We've got to be ready to go for broke. We've got to be like the kamikaze pilot said, you know, bring it on. Because I'm going to work and occupy till the Lord takes my life. And then I've got a reward waiting. You know, what can I do for you? And that's the problem. We get angry because our flesh rises up. And, you know, we've got that... Um, What's the term, you know, self-preservation? It kind of rears its head up and says, what do you mean? I don't want to lose my head. I don't want to die for Christ. I don't want to suffer. You know, we're just selfish. You know, that really means that we undervalue the sacrifice Jesus Christ made, because if we're going to accept the gift of salvation, that means that uh, we're no longer ours. We've already been bought and paid for with a price. But many people uh, choose to just call themselves a Christian as an insurance policy, Benjamin. Well, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to call myself a Christian, but I'm really not going to sacrifice and and be obedient and ask the Lord what would he have me to do for him. I'm going to do what I want to do, and then I'm going to try to call on that trump card at the last minute and get out of here, but I'm not going to sacrifice. And so, folks, if you're that way, and I've been that way, you're not going to make it. You're going to faint when the persecution comes, because it's coming here in America. Well, it is. And we can't fight it with the arm of the flesh some are going to try to fight it with an M16 and I've got news for you it's not going to work my friends it's going to be just like it was in Jeremiah's day when God said I've weighed Jerusalem with a balance and it's been found lacking I'm sending Nebuchadnezzar against Jerusalem he's going to lay siege you are going to go into captivity if you fight it you're going to die and Jeremiah was spurned They tortured him. They believed the false lie of a prophet, which said, uh, you're going to get out of here, you're going to be victorious, Egypt is going to come to your aid. And they trusted horses and chariots, and those that did, they died. And then ultimately the king, it happened just like Jeremiah prophesied, he, he saw Nebuchadnezzar face to face, and then his eyes were poked out. And he spent his last hours on the planet in a prison. But that was after all his family was slaughtered before him. God's found America lacking, and he's sending judgment, and he will send our enemies against us as his instrument of judgment. Accept it. And uh, the real question is, is what can you and I do to redeem the time, because time is running out on us all. And then we're going to stand in front of Jesus Christ, actually we're going to be kneeling or prostrate, and he's going to... Play our lives back. What did you do for for me? What did you do for my son with the time that you had remaining down here? Did you spend it trying to save your skin? Or eating and drinking and, you know, uh, living a hedonistic lifestyle? Or did you go out and do what I asked you to do? Did you love your neighbor? You know, those people that attack me for using the name of Jesus Christ. They shot their own selves in the legs. They forgot the first commandment: love your neighbor as you, uh, love the Lord thy God, and then love your neighbor as yourself, the second commandment. And that's what we do now. And uh, we forget that He called us to bless Israel, bless the poor, help the widows, the orphans, help those in disaster, preach the gospel, cast out demons, lay hands on the sick that they shall recover. That's what we've been called to do. You know, I really, uh, after I've searched the scriptures and I've I've looked at all the the body of evidence, I like what one guy told me. He says, really, when the Lord's coming back doesn't even concern me, because I'm going to be working up until the time that he comes back or I die for Jesus Christ. I've got to be about the Father's business working down here, because I'm going to give an accounting. If we're we're ready to go for broke, that's the worst threat that... uh, I mean, Satan will tremble at believers that are ready to lose their life for Christ because there's nothing he can do to them. He can't threaten you with bodily death because, you know, to step out of this body is you've been promoted. Benjamin? So uh, let me
2: share a little bit more about those Chinese believers. That pastor that got arrested and sent to prison for 20 years? After 20 years, the Chinese government no longer wanted to keep him in prison. So they changed his official prison records, and they put down that he repented of being a Christian. He never did this. They just put it in his file, and then they told him, we're discharging you. You get to go home now. He refused to leave the prison because he said his discharge was false. And he did not repent of being a Christian. They forcibly threw him out of the prison. Bruce, he would not leave. Wow. They threw him out the front gate of the prison. He went and he found a little one room shack across the street from the main gate he wouldn't go home he sentenced himself to life in prison in front of the prison because he said he was still guilty of believing in Jesus and then he began to fast five days a week five days every week fasting in prayer and reading scripture. 15 years more. He spent 20 years behind the prison, 15 more years self-imposed life imprisonment outside of the prison and fasting and prayer until the day he died. Bruce, I saw a videotape of this man near the end of his life. They were interviewing him. I've never seen... Such joy glowing on the face of a man in my life. God have
1: mercy. Yeah. Yeah. Folks, there's one mandate for this hour. That's to take every remaining hour of your life and pluck as many as you can out of the fire. Because eternity weighs in the balance. It's not a question of... uh, do we have five years? Do we have ten years? Uh, is it wrapping up tomorrow? The question is, is, what did you do for Christ? How many people did you save and, and warn? You're going to be held accountable, just as I will. And if we spend all of our waking hours trying to figure out how we're going to be able to survive and keep from going to the camps or losing our head or how we can stop from dying from the chemtrails, folks, what a waste. Get busy. Pick up your sword and and report to the front lines. Amen. And you know what's so important in
2: this hour in terms of practical steps is prayer and fasting. I would recommend everyone go read the book of Joel. There's only a couple chapters. It's a couple pages. Go and read it and look and ask yourself some questions. Who is it addressed to, the last day's believer? That might be you. What are we told to do? Gather together in solemn assemblies, fasting and praying together, confessing our sins together, calling on the name of the Lord together. And it says, and if we do the fasting, prayer, and repentance to the point that it produces weeping and mourning for our sin, then the Scripture says, who knows? Maybe the Lord will leave a blessing behind when he comes to visit your house instead of ashes. And the call to solemn assemblies, the call to fasting and prayer, the call to corporate repentance is not a suggestion. These are the commandments of the king. They are to this generation. They are to this hour. They are to this people listening to this word. They are direct commandments from Jesus Christ. My authority on this? The prophet Joel. Go read it for yourself and test me on this matter. Friends, if your repentance is not producing weeping and mourning, You need more fasting and prayer. It's that simple. We should be fasting and praying until we break through into weeping and mourning. Because, see, it's at that point that you're really honestly looking at your sin. Because our sin, when we look at it, before the Lord cleanses us from it, is enough to make you weep.
1: And I'm not talking
2: legal justification. I'm talking about sanctification. And those are entirely different doctrines or revelations. You know, people don't understand that when you walked through the outer court of the temple, you first came to the altar that represented justification, where you are legally justified. But next was the bronze laver or the water basin where you were cleansed. And that represents sanctification, where the actual filth and the dirt of the sin is washed from your life. You can be legally justified and still in some pretty stinky clothing, spiritually. And you can't just pretend you have no sin. The scripture says, if we say we have no sin, we do lie. And friends, if you have not yet repented of it, you've not yet been cleansed of it. And if you haven't been cleansed of it, then the effect of the curse that it brought is still active, which means the enemy still has ground. Which explains why he's done so much to deceive everybody about the existence of sin in the church. And so I would just, you know, I know we were going to take a few calls, I don't know if anybody's tried to call in or not, but
1: we've got a for, uh we had to go to tonight. a few
2: callers here, but you know, brothers and sisters, follow the instruction of the Lord in the scriptures. Read the book of Joel, and then go read Malachi, or Micah, I'm sorry. Go read Micah chapter 7, and read it real carefully, and
1: then start putting it into practice. Listen, I'll tell you, folks, it's liberating to live out of a duffel bag. How many of us have spent our whole lives to accumulate, and then we, uh, we suffer from, financial loss, and we say, wow, how am I going to be able to hang on to this? And it becomes more of a burden. And if you wanted to get up tomorrow and pick up and move, you can't. We've accumulated so much here in America. I've been guilty of that. And I've tried to hang on to it. It's beaten me to death. And I realized, you know what? You've got things liquidated. Do the Lord's work. It's all going to be uh, taken away at some point in time or rendered useless. You know, people are going to be uh, having the biggest yard sale of um, the decade, <laughs> and still nobody's going to be able to buy it. You know, the, the, the vehicles that it's costing, uh, you know, $4 a gallon to, to drive, and you're getting about 10 miles to the gallon, you won't be able to drive them very soon when gas shoots up through the roof. Liquidate this stuff. Do kingdom work. Uh, Don't try to hang on to the the material here. It's all going to go up in smoke. Put your reward in heaven. But, you know, that's not what uh, some are preaching on TV. I heard a uh, mainstream televangelist, Benjamin, say, I don't want to wait for my reward in heaven. I want it now. My jaw dropped open. That's totally contrary to the Scripture. Because uh, Jesus said, what you try to save here, the thief can steal it. You know the rust is going to corrupt, or the moth is going to eat it. Put your reward in heaven and um slim down, trim down, amen, because circumstances are coming on us very fast. We're not going to be able to to hang on to it for too much longer. No, we got a few months and the,
2: and the money will be no good. I mean, six maybe at the outside, twelve,
1: you know, I guess it's possible
2: should we go and uh, take some calls or do we have callers waiting
1: Bruce? you know we will take some calls what we're going to do we're going to just take a uh, a very short break here and then uh, we're going to come back and if you would like to talk to benjamin you've got a question you got a comment tonight the number is 917-889-2745 uh, that is the number to dial in on tonight we will take your call we've got a uh, a full chat room right now i'm looking at it uh if you'd don't want to call and you've got a question, you want to post it in the uh, chat room, you can do that, too. Uh, but before we go to break, Benjamin, uh, tell people a little bit about the uh, the book, Day of the Lord is at Hand, and how they could order a copy.
2: Um, well, the book is um, basically a commentary on the last day's prophecies, and particularly the United States and the church in the United States, uh, what the Scripture has to say about what is going to happen here and what we need to do about it. And um, it's available. Um, There's still... Um, it's been printed five times and I've got a few copies left that are available through Amazon.com, uh, which is the only way um, you can get the, the third edition. Um, if you go to Amazon, it'll say second edition, but it's actually a third edition update and... Um, I've also done a um, 2010 um, correction letter, if you will, as to um, just some things the Lord has made clear that uh, were not clear at the time the
1: fifth copy was printed a couple years ago. This is a book that God actually laid on your heart to write, and He he pretty much wrote it. (laughs) He just Um, told you.
2: The Lord did dictate a fair amount of the material,
1: yes. Amen. Amen.
2: And that part's We're, flawless. <laughs> and then he let me write part of it, and you know, we could all, you know, that well, part. As Benjamin be was picked
1: up and set down in the future. He saw what is uh, here on us uh, that they just admitted to two weeks ago 72 fusion centers when they covered on, on True TV. You know, we've known about this for some time. He's known about it for a long time. He saw it. My grandmother saw it. She was set down into the concentration camp. And I will tell you, it's not something we need to fear. Um,. To step out of the body, be absent body, to be present before the Lord. Uh, will God see people through terrible times? Absolutely. If you're busy about His work, and He says, "You know what? I think I'd like to keep him or her around a while longer." Uh, he can keep you out of the concentration camps if you're busy about His work. But if you're busy about uh, saving your own skin, that's a surefire way uh, to see your life fizzle out really quickly. Uh, that's my best game plan, Benjamin, as I can surmise, be about the Lord's business, and uh, in hard times, uh, you know, he, he's going to see me through until he says it's time to come home. So uh, at that, let's go to a quick break, and we'll be back with Benjamin Brooke. And we're back uh, with the Omega Man Radio Network. Tonight is a live program. It's been my special pleasure and honor to have Benjamin Brooke on the program tonight. And uh, if you were coming in late to this program, the show will be available in the MP3 archives at the conclusion of this program. And uh, speaking about uh, technology failing, I've had a complete meltdown of hardware tonight. I cannot explain it. During this break, I tried to reboot. Lost everything um this broadcast is still going because i am tied in by a landline but talk about the internet going down folks it's going to be just like that you're going to wake up and everything that you took for granted the night before is going to be totally unaccessible you're going to say well I'll go to the uh, the bank, I'll, I'll put my ATM card in there and, and take out some money to buy food today. The banks are going to be shut down. Uh, your card is going to be unusable. Even if you had money, you're going to go to the grocery store, and you and everybody else and their uncle is over there waiting in line. They actually got up a little bit earlier than you did that day. And they've went, and uh, they've already cleared the shelves out. The Shelves are bare. Then you're going to uh wake up to the reality that you didn't get out of here early and uh they're going to tell you we've got um, we've had to take some drastic measures to extend the uh, the food supply because some of it got corrupted. We went into rationing mode, and um, by the way, there's a new ID system that uh... we've decided to pass we had a emergency session of congress last night the congressmen all pushed it through unanimous vote and you're going to need this uh, id card to be able to transact and so uh... you get the card then you get in the line that wraps around the blocks to get up to the front and they give you uh day rations. No more going to movies, no going out to the uh Longhorn Steakhouse, Five Guys and a burger. Those days are over. Because even if they were open and now they're not, you can't afford to put gas in your car. Now your SUV is sitting like a beach well in your driveway. Well, let me go let me see what my uh my brother's doing. My mom's doing in the state over. Folks there'll be no way to contact them because now the internet's down. It's been seized. They're rationing resources. It's gonna be just like that. What are you gonna do? What would I do? if you're trusting in the arm of the flesh, if you're trusting in what you can do to preserve your life, in that scenario, you're toast if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ. Because it doesn't matter what preparations you can make. And do I believe you should make preparations? I think that's prudent. Do what you can. But with the understanding that it's going to run out. Or someone who didn't make preparations... They're going to come and take what you've got at gunpoint. And I've talked to these people before. I was a gun dealer. I had people come into my shop and tell me, you know, I'm not really worried about hard times because I have my 45, and I'm going to take it by force. We call those the wolves in the preparedness movement. They know that people are preparing, so what they're going to do is they're going to come down and take it by force. And Praise God, I've got the internet back. And I haven't lost Benjamin, so we're going to get him back. But you know what? Benjamin, you back with me?
3: Yeah, That's right going to here. be
1: just like it is, my friend. We're going to wake up and we're going to have denial of services. Nothing's going to work. And what are we going to do if we put all our trust in the arm of the flesh and we're not prepared for that fateful day? Like they were in Argentina. They woke up, the bank accounts had been seized by the government. If you had $1,000 in there the night before, now it's worth 500 By the way, you can't even get that out because they're on a rationing system. Folks, it's going, to be, it's going to be tough. We're going to need to be able to believe the Lord for some miracles because it may get down to like it was with that widow woman. There was a famine in the whole land. Her and her son were ready to take their last bite and go lay down and die. By that time, they got a knock on the door. And, of course, they, uh, they preferred the prophet over themselves, and what did God do? He blessed them and gave them milk to get them through. You know, I, would, I had a, a kind of a thought today, Benjamin. You know, I use the example about you know, preparedness, you know, how Joseph uh, prepared and his family was saved. Now, that's true. The unfortunate part is uh, here in America, we don't have a God-fearing man as second in command over this country. And so, uh, you know, the government is preparing, but they don't have a contingency plan for you and I. And, uh, you know, what happened? Um, Even though Joseph prepared, you know, people were able to come over. Uh, They did have food stocks. They had to use their money. When the money ran out, what did they do? They sold their cattle. When the cattle ran out, what did they do? They had nothing left. They had to sell themselves into slavery. And that's what they did. They went into slavery. Of course, uh, you know, God did have a a Goshen, and I believe he'll have some Goshen's in this time, but um, it's going to get pretty tough. It's happened before, and there's nothing new under the sun. I think the, the main difference, though, so, is in this time, folks, you know, this age is being wrapped up, and God doesn't can't, can't leave uh, incomplete accounting books. He's got to settle. You're, you're an accountant, so you can appreciate this, Benjamin. You've got to balance it out. He's got to balance out his church. There's no more time to be on the fence straddling. You've got to be on one side of the ledger book or on the other side. And that's why he's ramping up the heat, and we're filling it. And he's going to force you and I. He's sifting the saints right now to make a decision. Are we for him? Are we on the Lord's side? Or are we going to go with the world? Thinking we can uh, go into the underground bunker and hold out like some of the rich men of the earth are doing but god can get down to them wherever they're at we better make a decision for christ today and we're willing to sacrifice all just as his son did for us that means losing our heads and get about the father's business because we're going to give an accounting what do you have to say to that amen i we had a total meltdown well praise god i think god gave me a wake-up call is giving y'all wake-up calls going to be just like that. We've got calls here. Let's take some. Caller, 509 area code. You're on the phone with Benjamin Baruch. How are you tonight?
4: I'm good. This is Marjorie.
1: Hey, Marjorie. Thanks for calling in.
4: Hi. Remember, I called about Column.
1: Oh, yes. That...
4: Uh, yes. Gi-
1: yes. Give us an update. <laughs> uh, I remember uh, you well... called in uh, some weeks ago. What's going on with Column?
4: Well, he's not. I, I just went to the school, and they didn't an, an IEP on him, and they just said he's like a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And so I've just, I'm going to check and see with the doctor. I'm going to rule out anything, you know, um, because I can't find anyone. It, he doesn't. There doesn't seem to be any change. And him, none.
1: Do they? Could you currently so, have him on any kind of antidepressant drugs?
4: I, no, want to, I'm not putting him on any drugs. I just want to rule out any mental illness. You know, I worry about him because, you know, I still try to talk to him about Jesus, and he falls asleep every time I speak to him about him. He his eyes start closing, and he just I I'm just I'm I'm really tired. I'm sorry, Mom. Anyway, I you know I've been I'm speaking to Benjamin now. I've been listening to you for years. I heard you first on Art Bell. I bought your book The Day of the Lord Is at Hand, and I I I loaned it out, and I never received it back again.
1: It's a good book. (laughs)
4: <laughs> yeah. I kept on trying to get it back but it, it it disappeared to my sister or my mom. I don't I don't know where it was. My question is I keep on trying to warn my family, you know, to get their souls in order first that God the day of the Lord is at hand. And I just get these blank stares and that oh, things are going on like this forever and ever, and, you know, things aren't going to happen like that. They, they won't happen that way. You know, it's not going to be that bad. And I'm just going, it is. It's God's time. And, you know, I can't get it through to my family at all that, what do you do?
2: Well, some people are asleep because God put them sleep, and, you know, it says in the scripture that the citizens of Babylon will sleep a deep sleep, and the Lord has put a deep sleep upon them. If God gave them a sleeping pill, we probably won't be able to wake them up. Um, Others will wake up at the last hour when it finally manifests in their life. I think you pray for them. I think you fast and pray for them. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the Scripture says that the prudent shall keep silent for the days are evil. So I would wait for the leading of the Holy Spirit before you try to tell somebody. At the same time, I understand. I tried to tell my family, my friends. I actually wrote the book for my family and from my close friends. I never dreamt it would get published. I never dreamt it would, you know, 25,000 copies went out. I thought I was literally doing a manuscript and I gave it to all of my friends and I said, "I spent 7 weeks writing a book for you. Would you take a few hours and read it for me?" And I thought that maybe I could reach them by writing this book. And it did reach a few people. And more recently, some of my other friends who for years have, you know, smiled that smile that you give Yeah, I, I,
4: I see that smile I Yeah, that a lot. They're, they're,
2: they don't want to be rude, but what they're trying to tell you is, you know, I think you're crazy. I
4: don't, want, I don't um, want
2: to hear it. Yeah, they don't want to hear it, but I've had some of them come back to me and say, I see it now. So, you know, speak what you believe the Lord would have you to speak. And recognize that you're sowing seeds, and in God's time, they're going to wake up. Um, yeah, and now, on be a prayerful. personal
4: matter, does um, do you you know you hear from the Lord verbally? You know, I never have, and you know I know a lot of people have been hearing from Him. I read my Bible. I've always loved God, always ever since I can remember, since. I was a little girl. I've known I was his. And then lately, I just feel really attacked. You know, like, you know, God isn't going to forgive you for your sins or you may not make it. And, you know, it's, I almost feel like I'm in this desert right now and I can't feel him. And yet he called me really strongly last year. And I just feel like I feel kind of like I'm alone right now, and right. I don't, I don't know why. But I just keep well, on praying to God, and I said, God, I want to hear your voice inside of me. In you know, always. And anyway, do you ever have times like that? And
2: oh, what yes. can you do? Yes, yes, yes. Well, I have heard the Lord's audible voice on a few occasions. More, much of my life has been um, not hearing directly from the Lord. Or if I am hearing from Him, it's like, is that the Lord? You know? yes. and it's that same yes. small voice where you're like, you know, you got to pray and get confirmation. And I've been in the wilderness like you the last year, the last few years, really ever since the message the day of the Lord was given to me. I mean, I lost my job. I lost my house, I lost my friends, I lost my family, pretty much lost everything um, over this message because, and, and I was very much alone, but you know what? The Lord, Jesus himself went into the wilderness and was alone with the Word of God as his only comfort, and that was before he was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I think a lot of us are in that similar place. I hear from a lot of people who are really in a time of testing right now. And comfort yourself with the scriptures. But I will say this: the scripture tells us in this hour, many false prophets would come. So, and it also tells us in Micah seven, place no confidence in a guide. Trust not. I've got not another in
3: question.
2: A, yeah, trust not you, a friend do you know in this about hour. The
4: you know about the Catholic faith. Yes. My whole family is Catholic, and I was Catholic. And, you know, I've, I've kind of...
2: I don't think that stopped. Well, the Lord from saving me. Well, I went outside of
4: there, but my mom and all of my family says that if you leave your Catholic faith, if you don't die in the Catholic faith, you're going to hell.
2: Well, yeah, and... Well, you know, I mean, it's just a big lie. I, I'm very familiar with Catholic doctrine. I was actually raised in the Catholic Church. I call it the Empire Church. And in my mind, Darth Vader's the Pope. That's right. Uh,
3: you know, <laughs> I, I,
2: believe, I believe there are uh, brothers and sisters in the Lord who cannot receive the truth. That you know much of the Catholic doctrine that are, is extra biblical is in fact wrong. They just can't receive it for whatever reason, and so they live their lives in Catholic doctrine, but they love the Lord. Many of them are saved. So I don't think Catholic doctrine is a barrier to salvation. But, no, much but of they're saying,
4: safe. if I don't, if oh, I that's don't a lie.
2: stay no, in that's the Catholic
4: ...that I am going to hell.
2: Yeah, well, that's a lie. That's just Satan. Catholic. Do- I renounce Catholic doctrine. I renounce the Council of Trent. I renounce all the acts of the popes. I renounce the, the deification of Mary, who was the mother of our Lord Jesus. There's only one mediator between God and man, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ, not yeah. the Council of Bishops. You don't pray to saints... Catholic doctrine is part of the manifestation of mystery Babylon in a spiritual mm-hmm. manifestation.
1: A it priest cannot forgive your sins.
2: It's Father a lie me. from the pit of hell. and But you know what? God in his mercy can save someone who's caught up in false doctrine. If in their heart they love the Lord and if they're in their heart they've repented and they've embraced the truth that they receive. One hundred percent. But, you know, that teaching that if you leave the Catholic Church, you're going to go to hell, that's ridiculous. You know, um, the Catholic Church is full of error. And we don't have time to get in that's all the genius. errors, but, you know, the Catholic Church elevates Catholic tradition above the Word of God. It's ridiculous. It's not scriptural. Much of what they teach is a direct conflict and contradicts the Word of God and the Word of God is the truth, and Catholic Amen. doctrine is a lie. Amen. But there are many Catholics who love the Lord. Okay. Yeah. Oh, you know my, sister, my sister make... and my
4: mom love the Lord.
2: Yeah, you know what? We all make mistakes, and we all have misperceptions, and we all fall short of the glory of God, Amen. and we're all saved by grace. What, what it comes down to is, do, how do you respond to the truth of the Lord as it's presented to you? Do you hide in your sin, and turn your heart away from God's
4: truth? No, I have God to reveal everything, everything to me, and that I would give anything up, you know, and I do. I have renounced all sin.
2: Yeah, the Catholic doctrines are wrong, so don't let them trouble you. But at the same time, if you've got family that are still in the Catholic Church, you know what, if, if they believe in their heart and they repent of their sins, to the best of their revelation, and they're walking in the truth as they perceive it with 100% commitment of their hearts, the false doctrines of
1: Catholicism are not going to keep them out of the kingdom. Amen.
4: Oh, I know and, that, because they love, they love God.
1: And we're not singling out of the they Catholic Church God. here. Don't get me wrong. There's 2,000 denominations in America,
4: and there's, yeah, there's some that will tell you
1: that unless you're a Baptist, you're not going to go to heaven, or unless you're church of God, you're not going to heaven. Or, You know, look, being me, a member of a denomination doesn't save you. Throw all that out. Do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? We need to get into the Word of God and uh, stick with the Word of God. And if it means you've got to walk out of the church that you're in, whatever denomination you're in, because they don't line up with the Word of God, then walk out and say, good riddance.
2: Well, you know, when Jesus came the first time, the organized religious leaders rejected him. Now, here we are in the last days. The Lord is getting ready to come back. And what do you think all the organized religious leaders are doing.
4: Oh, they they don't Same even thing. look at the they don't even look at the times at all. I don't hear it in the pulpit. I haven't been able to find a church here, you know, in town. I live in Spokane. I haven't been able to find a church that really believes. I just listen on the internet.
2: Well, you, you should know. go up to Nathan Leal's Fellowship.
4: I don't know where that is. I know he's in Priest Priest River. Yeah, he's not
2: far from you. You should go on his website. Send him an email. Yes. He's got a cool little fellow.
4: I listen to Nathan Leal a lot. Yeah, he's
2: a good man. Oh, yes.
4: Yes, he is. I can tell.
2: Definitely. I just
4: wish, I wish, and I pray that people stop backbiting against each and every faith, you know, or denomination or... Teaching, I'm. I am so tired of everyone saying that everyone else is wrong, and I think you're just giving glory to Satan because he wants to cause division. He wants, he wants all the churches to be divided. He wants, you know, to split them up because then they can't be strong.
2: Well, I'm not entirely sure I could agree with that comment.
4: I'm not talking a... about the wrong ones. I, you know, I mean, I. The yeah. ones who really love the Lord and really love the Lord. and But, you know, there's so much backbiting going on between the Christians.
2: Well, yeah, that I hear kind it
4: all the ridiculous. time. And I'm just going, Lord, please help us. And I just ask Him to help me be strong during Well, understand times that when they, the persevere. great
1: falling away happens, that's the church. The Christian church, it falls away. And uh, right. the lukewarm Christians are going to turn on the others. They'll be calling the toll-free hotline, Report a Christian. <laughs> and you were in church with them the week before. Know. Now, uh, they're your enemy. Because, Even in uh, my family. They've turned well, away we, from...
2: Much of the organized what? church is going to actually follow the Antichrist.
4: I know. I can see that already. So, I, you know,
2: we we really can't have any unity with them.
4: No. Because no. they're a
2: different
1: spirit. The word says, it work about. out your own salvation with fear and trembling. We need to get back to the word of God. Take the whole counsel of God. And, and it may mean that you have to get on the backside of the desert. That's what Paul had to do for three years. The Holy Spirit taught him the word. He came out of the organized church in his time.
4: Well, I guess I'm in the desert right now. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
1: welcome. here to I'm going
4: to <laughs> <laughs> contact Nathan Leal, though. And try and get up to his church.
1: It's not impossible to have fellowship. Uh, Don't get the wrong uh, uh, idea. You can fellowship, but you know you're going to have to ask the Lord to show you where to go. It's getting tougher and tougher every day.
4: I know it is.
1: That's a good. It really
4: is, and it's. It's. I know that it's kind of exciting in a way, though, to know that Jesus is coming back soon. And I just keep on asking him. I say, Lord. I'm going to probably die for you, you know I'd rather die for you than to live in this world at all, so I just keep on asking them for the strength, And I'll tell you
1: something uh I really believe the underground church is going to start sprouting up it'll be uh you wouldn't even didn't know what it even was down the block from you. you're going to get an invite. God is gonna put someone on your path, and there'll be some believers that are meeting uhll My get daughter catch
3: prophetic
4: dreams, and she's seen our house. She said we had about twenty people here our our windows were boarded up she had my daughter had um these dreams for over ten ten days where she'd go into the dream and then she'd come out and the next she'd go right back into where she had stopped and she saw the tribulation she said everything had changed. she said the light was gone you know there wasn't there wasn't really sunlight. It, I mean it was more like uh, a winter's night you know with snow on the ground that's the kind of light it was, and our windows were boarded up, and we were be in the house and we would we would be praying we were you know we were worshippers we loved loved jesus and but she said all the houses around us were bombed out, but our house was standing, so I pray that
1: uh well God is able to I bring peace strong. in the midst of the storm um you know, I remember hearing uh, one brother preach one time, and he said, you know, there, there is a time where you could have, there could be a war going on in the streets, and you could be uh, sleeping in the midst of it with the sound of gunshots going off outside. If, you know, you're resting in the Lord. You know, we can enter into a shalom.
4: Yeah, she said she saw the, you know, she's seen the fire come from the sky. My daughter, she saw Benjamin. She, got, she saw the angels all the time when she was a little girl. And she saw them till she was six years old. They would come and they would actually, they would, they would play with her. They would, you know, keep her company. She's always loved the Lord very much, and she's had prophetic dreams during her life, and she's seen the end. I mean, she's really trying to hang on to this life right now because she's just starting her life. She just had a baby, and she's starting her life with her husband and. She doesn't want to really see and go further on what she's, you know, what she's seen. But she she knows it's there. She just tries to she tries to put it to the back of her mind and not think about it. What would you be my your advice for her? Pray for. Her. I do. I pray for her. I mean, I know that God gave her this. He gave her gifts, you know, and I pray that she's not using those gifts. that that he gave her, to just pray for her?
2: Each of us is responsible for our revelation that we've received and for all the talents we've received. We're all responsible to the Lord. We're not responsible for other people. And other than to pray for them, and sometimes really that's the most powerful thing you can do. I understand the younger generation, they still want to walk out their lives, and, you know, not everybody wants the Lord to come. You know, if you, if you think back in when Jesus was born the first time, and he came into the world, most of Jerusalem didn't even know it until the wise men came. And, you know, and when the wise men showed up, and they briefed Herod, and they briefed the religious leadership that they'd seen in the stars the evidence that the Messiah had come, that the king of the Jews had been born. The scripture says that he was troubled, the king was troubled, and all of Jerusalem with him. You know, here's God's people.
3: The whole capital what been waiting and,
2: for. And and what's their response to the news that the king has come? They're troubled. Because they did not want to lose their current place. They liked things the way they were. And they knew the fact that the king had come, he was fixing to change things. All right, we're in the same situation today. The king is about to come, he's about to change everything. People don't like that report. So they just as soon dismiss it. They don't want to believe it. They, you know, I know. they just believe something. He,
4: else. Can't, he can't listen to it because he says. I have to I have to deal with the things day to day. I have to deal with supporting us and things like that. I can't think about these things. They, yeah. you know, they upset me.
2: Well, they do. Uh, the scripture says it's vexation of soul to even hear the report. So, you know, in due time, dealing with the reality of the coming kingdom will be a day to day event.
4: Then he'll listen. Then he'll see. Yeah. It's a kind of a lonely time until that time, I guess. Well, Because I yeah. told them, I said, I feel very alone. He goes, you're not alone. And I said, oh, Jesus, you know. <laughs> I said, you know, I do feel alone in not being able to share. I mean, I do share, but they don't want to hear. So my right. children always go, oh, there goes mom again. I have eight children. And... <laughs> They go, Mom, does all of your talks, when we call, does it have to end up with you say, or religion? And I said, well, yeah. <laughs> it said well, your souls are more important to me than anything.
1: Well, pretty soon it will be to everybody. And they'll remember what Mom said, and then, um, you know, you planted the seeds, uh, they'll come back, and then... You know, I believe we can intercede uh, for our families and stand in the gap for them. And um so yeah, it it is tough though. I'd be a liar to say that it's not. Uh and it's gotta be tough for the younger generation. Uh who are just now starting their lives or are getting ready to, you know, come out of high school whatsoever and they say, Wow, I d I don't want to see it all wrap up but um
4: Yeah, and see all I can think of is I don't want this world the way it is. It's so evil, there's nothing in it for me. You know that everything about it is—it turns me off so badly. I just sit there and I, go, Lord, I just want you. I just pray to Him. I sing to Him all the time and just, just pray and say, "Give me strength."
1: Give well, our- even the Bible says, you know, uh, "Woe to the man that looks for the day of the Lord to come." It's going to be a terrible time. Uh, I'm not asking Lord to hasten His return because uh, I believe we don't get out of here to the last Trump. So. I will probably lose my head um, to, to step out of this body. I I, I pray yeah. that we have more time. I encourage people to intercede, stand in the gap, ask I was, ask God I was to,
4: praying with Steve Gale, Steve Quill, the other day. To, on to give your us show. more time,
1: um, you know, um, and I believe that there's a precedent of doing that. You know, God's going to do what He wants to do, uh, but you know, we can try. We can ask God, give us some more time. Um, my family's not ready to meet you. We need more time to bring in some more souls. Uh, ultimately, yeah. though, it's it's got to happen. And so what we're just trying to tell people here is, look, you are the generation that's going to see it. Uh, be prepared to suffer for Christ. Uh, we're not any better than any of the disciples. You know, 11 of them that made it, they all suffered for Christ. John the Baptist lost his head. The others yep. were, you know, the prophets were sawed in half. Are we any better? Uh, nope. So we just, you know, we need to uh, just gird our loins and uh, get out there and say God what can I do for you today and you know it does say there. I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor their seed begging bread uh, I have to hang on to scriptures like that and he that remembers the poor has lent to God and God will remember him there's some great promises about God sustaining people during famine in times of drought but um, to be able to um, receive those we've got to have met some of the conditions here so We've got to remember others while we still can do something. And you know, there's many people out there that can uh, can help the poor, could uh, could have compassion on someone that uh, is not in the uh, position that they are currently. You know,
4: there's a lot in our town. I just keep on asking God, what can I do right now to help you? I want to be a servant. That's what I just keep on telling. I want to be your servant. What you have me do? I help those on the streets that I can, and I, I want to do more. As the Lord told Benjamin,
1: God says, I will protect that which is mine. Everything else shall be destroyed. You know, my grandmother, Benjamin, uh, Grandmother Weedus, had a similar word. God said, don't get in my way, because if you do, you'll be washed away with the rest, with the flood that I'm sending. And he was talking about, you know, not a literal flood, but the, yeah. the point is, is uh, you know, God can protect his people. Through hard times, and then if he says, "Okay, I want you to uh, give your life," you know, uh, it'll be a split second and you've stepped out of this body.
4: I know. Oh. You know what? I kind of look forward to. I hope I hope that I do get to do that for the Lord. Um, that's, well, you know, there is a martyr's reward. <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 On braver days, I said, "God, please let me die a martyr." And then other days I repent. I asked him for that, uh, but you know, really, if you've got one shot, you might as well go out with a bang. That's why I, I, I just say go, you know, st- put the pedal to the metal. God, what can I do to give the to deal the biggest death blow to Satan that is possible while I still have spirit left in my body to do it? Because frankly, well, I think
4: I've told you, you, you know, know, I've got my daughter's friends. I've got so many of her friends, acquaintances. She they're not really here, around here right now. But, you know, they are all so bound by Satan. Some of them have been in Wicca, and some of them are seeing demons. I mean, they've been well, sure attacked they by demons. I mean, they, they're they talking to demons. And I said, you know, what is this? This Is the veil thinning?
1: Absolutely. I them
4: all around.
1: Look at all edit. the children who have just uh, walked out demonized after seeing Harry Potter number seven. They've got a third okay. and fourth generational curse on them. Children are being slaughtered. Are we not going to be brave enough and stand in the gap, pick up the sword, do battle, and try to save some of the innocent out there?
4: You know, I used to uh, be so afraid of this, the spiritual, because, you know, it's been in our family since I was 13. But I'm thinking, Lord, is that why you... Let that happen to us and our family. Is it because I am going to be a spiritual warrior and I'm going to fight against these things? Because you know what, these friends, these kids are. I mean, they are chained. These demons have got hold of them. My son, I think I told you, my oldest son, he is so crazy now. My oldest son or my other son thinks he's crazy. He, he even says now that he hears the voices. He hears them talking to him, and they tell him things. He thinks he's a star child. He thinks he's one of these enlightened
1: Well, that's what Michael Bray thought a few days ago. He thought he was uh, uh, EO, what was his name, ZO or whatever in, in the Matrix, and uh, he took a...
4: Uh, oh, the one that t- killed his mother.
1: Took his a Masonic sword. That he had gotten from his father. and He had just come back from a Masonic meeting down in the Bronx, and he heard voices and he hacked his mother up. He's sitting in jail right now. I mean, this you know, is happening out there. so what do we do? We ignore it? No, we go to battle, realize what it is, is God opens our eyes to the reality of the host of hell, and we do what he's called us to do. It's one of the signs that will follow them that believe is, they will cast out demons in my name. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Setting people free yeah. in Jesus' name. Helping talk people out of the fire while we've still got breath to do it yeah these things are going to be happening out there externally we're all going to be going through it but he's called us to the front lines we've got to get busy
4: and how do you do you know my son's down in portland and i've got my son here that's you know that's got his, his his demonic problem and how do you help them both do i just I, I, think, I think Columns, and I think I just sent you a thing on Facebook.
1: We're not giving up on Columns. We're going to continue to pray for him.
4: I think it is, you know, the ones it says in the Bible, there are those that can only be um, delivered by prayer and fasting. Sure. I think I think Columns is that because everyone has tried to help him. Fasting and is a good
1: thing to do in this hour. I mean, uh, God dealt with me the other day about it. Uh, I open the Word in Philip and Isaiah fifty-eight, and I'll I'll be honest with you, I don't like to fast, but uh, there's only um, so far you can get, and then some foul spirits only come out with prayer and fasting. It's a great thing for people to do right now. Yeah, that's what I read, and I think think
4: (laughs) Collins is one of those. I do. I think his is so powerful. Um,
1: (laughs) Well, it's going to be—he's going to be delivered in Jesus' name. There's nothing more powerful than Jesus Christ, but.
3: I know. Sometimes we
1: do have to we do have to make a sacrifice for our children. So if you haven't fasted, yeah. I would recommend doing that. You're not going to give up on him. You're going to keep praying. When you've got him, mm-hmm. you're going to lay hands on him. You're going to take That's authority over the foul spirits as his mother. Bind the strong man. Bind the gatekeeper. Bind any foul spirits in him and command him to come out in Jesus' and, name. And you're going to keep working Benjamin, on
4: him. Are you still there?
2: Benjamin? Um, I'm listening.
4: Yeah, um, you, a, a fast that you say to do, um, that, what is a good fast? I've listened to it before and I forgot.
2: Well, there's a lot of options. You know, there's, um, the Daniel fast, which was vegetables for three straight weeks, no meat, no bread. There's a juice fast, there's an outright water fast, uh, you know, you can fast um, one day a week. You can fast for more than one day. I want. A
4: week. To, I need to fast for my sons for their deliverance. I mean, I really need to fast.
2: Then I would suggest you do something. Have you ever fasted before?
4: No. You know, well, not since I was a, not since I was a teenager. <laughs> so, and I'm 50 now.
2: Well, oh. I would. Say, first of all, it's not an option; it's mandatory, mm-hmm. based on scripture.
4: I mean, I would say I, I fast. Excuse me, I've fasted on the on the fast days, you know, in the church and stuff. Oh yeah, I've I've always fasted for that for for God, but I, I guess so. But that's only for a day or so, and during Advent, I don't. No, I'm not
2: talking about all that stuff.
4: Me, but yeah, yeah. So but anyway, fasting, um, absolutely fasting.
2: You know, the longer you can go, the more powerful it becomes. You you stop getting hungry after about three
4: days. So would you say to just do the water fast? I mean, take everything away? Because, I mean, I've got some powerful demonic forces in my
3: children. Then, yeah,
2: I would do, you know, maybe um, you should try to eat really healthy for a few days before you fast. Okay. Okay. And then, when you come off fast, you eat very modestly and very healthy. Don't go to McDonald's. Okay. You could kill
4: yourself. Oh I, I don't go to McDonald's anyway <laughs> well, <I'm
2: trying> to <laughs> i make.
4: eat pretty healthy because okay well then I, I then you should be good to go you know and just and just do this how long and so, how long do you think I should do this fast, or is it just until I know I, from the I Lord? Th- you
2: should I think you should ask the Lord for that one. And you know, one option would be until you have the breakthrough.
4: Okay. Okay.
2: After a couple uh, days. I
4: will do
2: that. It'll you'll really start to see. The first day or two is hard and then it starts getting easy. And then you start okay. seeing the progress and you see, and you'll be
3: amazed.
1: We're gonna keep working okay. with you. Um I'd like you to call back in uh, on our Saturday show. We're going to pray with Colm again.
4: Yeah, I can he get him on there. He, he, and he, he, uh,
1: God doesn't always deliver a person of everything simultaneously. Um, he'll give you some deliverance, and then he'll show you something else. And then you'll get deliverance of that, and he'll keep peeling back the onion. So um, the important thing is when you get delivered, you want to keep that doorway shut that it came in to begin with. And you know, He's a child, so my guess is it came down through the generational lines.
4: It came down through his father.
1: Absolutely. So uh, there's some more work his that needs to
4: be he, he done there in an Indian lodge, and I found this out after we got married that he had accepted. Uh, I mean, he had been given a black crow as a spirit guide in an Indian ceremony in one of those sweat lodges, and so he absolutely brought. And, and but during his early life, he was Clairvoyant. He can see. It's like he's looking out of someone else.
1: Well, Satan wants that eye. child, and you know he he um, he probably made a pact with the father and, and has his you know designs planned for him. But uh, you know, greater is he that is in thee than he that is in the world. So, you know, Satan is not going to get your son. Calm. You're gonna you're gonna fast for him. You're gonna uh, take authority over the foul spirits as his mother, and uh, you're gonna keep working with us. We're gonna keep praying with you until he gets totally set free. Uh, that's oh, what we've got to do. We've you. got to do. But we've got to do battle. So, God bless you for calling in tonight, and uh, I'd like you to call back in Saturday night. We're going to pray with them again.
4: Okay, I will.
1: Thank you for and tuning thank in, you, today.
4: Benjamin.
1: You're welcome, Benjamin. We've got about uh, nine minutes remaining. I think we've got time for one more call. Uh, caller, eight one zero area code. You're on the air with Benjamin Brooke. Caller, 810 area code, you're on the air. Okay, maybe they were just listening. Um, Benjamin, I want to say uh, thank you so much for coming in. I want to tell you something. Uh, I will tell you that uh, the Lord's been convicting me tonight. And uh, i tell you, that was a sobering message. Um, and I'm going to mark this as, a, as the featured program. I think everybody needs to listen to this program that was done tonight. That was a word from the Lord. And, uh, you know, it's a uh, it's a spanking. For many people out there, it's a wake-up call, but it's also it's an encouraging word because uh, if you're chastised by the Lord, it means you're his child. You know, the Lord chastises them whom he loves. And uh, I would much rather get a spanking now and a wake-up call so that I uh, don't faint. What's coming, then God to uh, have not taken the time to have mercy and to work with me through my faults, and then I end up, falling away because there's many out there set on that course right now and so for those of you that wake up get your house in order you need to you know you need to talk to your loved ones and warn as many people as you can what's coming it's it's certain but but we can uh we can be overcomers and we can make it and we can actually take the remaining days that any of us have and do something for the lord and gain a reward i don't want to just get into heaven and live on the backside of, you know, of gore in a pup tent, so to speak. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's rewards going to be handed out, and it's for what you do down here with what God has given you. You know, there'll be an accounting for the talents that he's given out. What did you do with it? Uh, there's all, always something we can do. Uh, the question is, will we do it, or we, we're going to go back to sleep and just say, you know, I want to do my own thing. So, uh Benjamin, how can people get a hold of the book, The Day of the Lord is at Hand, if they would like to order a copy? Where do they go?
3: Well,
2: the easiest place is to go to Amazon.com and just type in, um, my name is author, Benjamin Brooke or the title of the book, The Day of the Lord
1: is at Hand. Praise God. Uh, Benjamin, would you close in prayer tonight? I'd be happy to. Father...
2: Thank you that you are faithful and that you always keep your covenant with your people. And, Lord, you're a good God. Yes. And your mercy endures forever. And because you do not change, we are not consumed. But, Father, so many of us are not ready We're not ready to walk through the time of testing. I pray that your spirit would touch each life listening and show them what they need to do to prepare their house and their own hearts to walk through this time. Lord, grant us the wisdom from above. Grant us the knowledge of the fear of the Lord that we would not fear what man may do unto us. And Lord, forgive us all our sins. Send your conviction by your Holy Spirit. Lord, put your hand on each one who's listening to this broadcast. Convict us of our sin. Wash us from all iniquity, Lord. Teach us how to walk in your ways. Help us to separate ourselves from this wicked and adulterous generation that we would touch not the unclean thing, that you would receive us as sons and daughters. And Lord, we give you praise and glory for all that you have done. You've been faithful to every generation and you are faithful to us in this time. And we look forward to your coming. We rejoice that your kingdom is coming soon. We thank you, Lord, that you are a faithful God who keeps his word to his people. And, Lord, your mercy endures forever. We give thanks to you, Lord, for you are a good God, and your mercy endures forever. Lord, teach us how to walk in your ways. Help us to do the things that must be done. Empower your people to fast and to pray. Grant them the spirit of repentance and of supplication and of mourning to turn from their wicked ways, that we might receive your righteousness, that we might be washed and sanctified, and made clean, that we would be accounted worthy to stand before you in this hour, in this day that has indeed come. And We thank you, Lord. And we give you all praise and all glory, for the honor is all yours, Lord, yours alone. Let us decrease, Lord, that you might increase, and take our eyes off ourselves, and fix them firmly on the hope of the high calling that we've received in christ jesus and let us seek first your
1: kingdom lord and your righteousness in jesus name amen amen uh benjamin is there a website or a contact uh for you if people like to contact you
2: well uh the website is com, and um, there's no direct way to contact me, but if people send an email along to you, dear brother, you could always forward it. But I don't have a contact tab. Folks, so, you I, know, don't I was do that. just get in too many thousands of emails, and um,
1: I just sort of took a step back from the limelight. God bless Thanks. you, Benjamin, for coming on tonight. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Thank you, folks. That was Benjamin Brooke. Uh, And I'm I'm going to go about another 30 minutes here. I've got something to say to Patriot Greg. But before I address that, uh, let me uh, welcome everybody tuning in for the first time. Wow, packed out chat room tonight. Uh, Hello to all our friends in Canada. I see some people from Philippines. Um, There's a statement in the chat room which says, how dare you not care about uh, this country? Let me tell you something, my friend. And for anybody out there who will call themselves an American patriot, this is not the American Revolution that we're going into. This is not Vietnam. This is not World War II, where we have a, an invading army, and God has told us to pick up our guns and go and fight. This is God Almighty bringing judgment on a backslidden nation. The cup of iniquity has filled up to overflowing and the science of judgment is when the cup of iniquity fills up because of the sins of a nation, because of a nation that backslides, that kills its next generation, that has murdered 50 to 60 million children and flushed their blood down the drains. And goes out and promotes promiscuity, to where our 14 and 15-year-old daughters are getting pregnant. And then we're aborting their children. And then we're welcoming homosexuals into the pulpit who are killing the next generation because they cannot multiply. You're going to tell me that God's going to look the other way? God has not called us to perpetuate that type of lifestyle. This is judgment on this nation. I don't hold out hope that it's going to turn around. When our own president says this is no longer a Christian nation, When God has sent wake-up call after wake-up call since 9-11, it's nine years later, my friends. What have we done differently? Did we say, Lord Jesus, forgive us for our sins and abominations. Have mercy on us. No, we said, God bless America. God bless us and prosper us for the wicked that we allow to happen. For the bohemian grove where all of our leaders go for a month every year in June and July. And they have homosexual sex. And they decide the outcomes in the elections. Let me tell you what God thinks about this. Even the most righteous among us are like menstrual rags in his nostrils. If God does not judge, then he would have to apologize to Sodom and Gomorrah. Now, God doesn't love this nation. It was once a golden cup in his hand. But not anymore. We backslidden. We took guys like Judge Roy Moore, kicked him out of the courtroom because he dared to put the Ten Commandments on the wall. We've kicked God out of the classrooms. We've kicked him out of the churches. We've taken him out of the hymnal books. We've neutered his word, like they've got with the the most newest version of the the Zondervan Bible coming out. They've totally neutered it. And you think God is calling us to pick up arms? Let me tell you what's going to happen, Patriot Greg. And I know this all too well because I once called myself a patriot. I said I know the conspiracy. I know that it's true. I know that there's going to be a Red Dawn invasion. I know that the Russian and the Chinese are going to attack, and I know that our presidents have given the order that we're going to absorb the first blow. They've taken the missile launch keys away from the sub-captains. If they still have a key, there's nothing to launch because they've taken the nuclear-tipped warheads out of many, and they filled the ballast up with concrete, according to our friend Al Cuppett. And he knows. He worked at the highest level of the Pentagon. I've been to that same Pentagon many times. Met a Chinese sub off of the coast a few weeks ago. Fired an ICBM just to show us they have the throw weight to take us out. Of course, they don't want to see America destroyed because we're the only ones that buy their goods, their crap goods that disintegrate. You better buy the Best Buy insurance plan because... Undoubtedly, what you're going to buy is going to break down within months. I can tell you that firsthand, but let me get back to my point here. These things are going to happen. God sent Dimitri Dudman, Dr. Jonathan Hanson, Henry Gruber, David Wilkerson. On and on I can go to give a warning. Repent. And what did we do? We didn't repent as a nation. You think God is going to save this country so we can continue to murder our next generation? You think he cares to hold back his hand of judgment to a church that will send its children to see Harry Potter and say, Harry Potter's good. We can learn something from it. It's an abomination, my friends. If you took your child to see Harry Potter, the Lord rebuke you. You hate your children, apparently, because you just cursed them. And your descendants down to three and four generations. Now, you had better get your butt over to a deliverance church if you can find one. And I can't tell you that there's many that you could even go to so they can have that demon cast out of them. Because they've just become demonized. Because you had no discernment. Let me tell you, Patriot Greg, you think that you're going to turn back the judgment that God is sending on this country with your m 16 with your AR fifteen with five point five six, maybe you preferred the three oh eight with seven point six two times fifty one. Maybe you bought you an SLR ninety five. You've got seven point six two thirty nine. Maybe you've got ten thousand rounds of woof ammo. You've got your Alpine Air food. Okay, you've got your water filters. And I'm not against food and water filtration. It's a smart thing to do right now. But you think God is calling you to grab your go-bag and get to the front lines and wait for the Chinese and Russian that are going to come to stop them? Not in this time. They thought to do that in Jeremiah's time. God had another plan. This is not an invasion that God is asking us to repel with the arm of the flesh. He's sending judgment on this land. And time after time throughout history, God has used a country's own enemies, as his sword of judgment. God brought Nebuchadnezzar against a backslidden Jerusalem. What did he do? He said, you're an abomination, but I'm going to have mercy on you. You will go into captivity, I will bring you out. They basically told God to go screw. They put Jeremiah in stocks and they lowered him down to that well torture the man. Yet they kept bringing him back out. Because they found out their plan wasn't working. They found out that their false prophet had lied. They found out that Egypt, which was going to come and bail them out, changed their minds. What happened? That Jeremiah prophesied happened to the T. They went into captivity. And those that tried to rely on the arm of the flesh and fight, they died. Or they ended up eating their children. They perished. It's going to be the same time in this this land. You think God is going to perpetuate America and its sin? We're in over 130 nations, got our nose in other people's business. We've got guys and gals giving their lives every day for opium fields over in Afghanistan and for oil in Iraq got enough oil in Prudhoe Bay and the capped oil wells across this country to serve this country for another 200 years. Yet it's not about that. It's about the money. It's about the greed. Let me tell you what the Bible says in the end-time scenario. I've already searched it. You need to do the same, Patriot Greg. You think that you're going to repel the New World Order that's got you outgunned? You think you can fight it? Jericho style, the series, let me tell you what they'll do. They've got predators flying at 10,000 feet right now over parts of this country. Ground penetrating radar. They know where your ammo store is. They can drop nerve gas, and they don't even have to send a ground troop. You're dead meat. Let me tell you what God says about it. He that lives by the sword will die by the sword in this time. Because this is not a foreign invader that God has called us to the the front line to fight and repel. He's bringing it as his sword of judgment. He's going to weed rebellion out of the church. I know, because I was just like you. I said, how dare they come and invade this country? I even got angry at God, because I couldn't find in the scripture where it told me to defend this country. In this last hour, with the sword. Thank God he had mercy on me. Gave me a word, he said. Trust not in horses. Trust not in chariots. You will trust in the Lord thy God. God is going to weed rebellion, just as He weeded Judas from amongst the twelve disciples. Barabbas, you know, they were, they were looking for Jesus to take the kingdom by force. Then to mount up an army against the Romans, they got angry. He didn't come for that. The has called us for that in this time. He's got to deal with the sin, or the innocent would perish. And if you think that you're going to pick up the sword in this hour, your AR-15 or your AK-47 or whatever your choice is, you'll get slaughtered when the New World Order pull into town. They've got you outgunned, my friend. Machine guns have been outlawed since 86. You think you can repel them with your semi-automatic rifle? Old technology, my friends. They've got stuff that you have not even heard of. You will be devastated. And there's going to be many that are going to call for a call to arms and repelling them. They're going to die. Okay? Because that's God's will. And that's the least of your worries. If you are in direct rebellion to God's plan, okay, probably lose your soul in the process be part of the great falling away. You just decided to deal with it a different way. You got offended because of the persecution that the Lord sends against this country. He's going to accept the saints. He's doing it even now. And I felt the way you did. I thought it was not patriotic. If a person didn't want to pick up arms. And then I realized, that, well, wait a minute. This is the end time scenario. And it's a repeat of Jeremiah. Ask Dimitri Dudelman. He knows what time it is. God showed him America is in time Babylon. Jeremiah 50 and 51, that's the road map for this country. Revelation 18, it's going to be destroyed. God's going to judge it. And if you pick up the sword this hour, you're dead meat because you're fighting against God. It's a terrible thing to fall in the hands of an angry God. Do you really think you can battle God? This is what he is destined for this country. But you call for a time of prayer on Sunday night. Yes, we do. We're not praying that God will rewrite the book of Revelations, because it's going to come. I would be a fool if I thought we could hold that back. But we do intercede, and we ask God for more time so that more of our family can be saved. I've got a backslidden family, just like probably you and everybody else listening in. got people that are not ready to meet the Lord. We would be fools to ask God to bring on the day of the Lord. It will be a terrible time. But the word is clear. He that lives by the sword will die by the sword in this time. God is going to weed that out of the church, because it comes down to rebellion. And if God has asked you, to fight, he would have told you to do it. But he didn't say that. Jesus said, patience and the faith of the saints. Go read it. What does patience mean? It means enduring tribulation. It doesn't mean taking up arms. But it means keeping the faith. He that is meant for the captivity, in the captivity he shall go. That's... That's some of the destiny of some of us listening right now. Into the concentration camps, people are going to go. It's not that God wants everybody to go there. Some are going to have to go there. There's no other way. You're going to wake up kind of late. And maybe maybe you or I have been selected to go that route. If we've been selected to give our life for Christ, that's a that's an honor. Look at Peter. He went to the cross and asked to be hung upside down. He didn't want to be hung upside, right side up. He didn't feel worthy. Are you and I, you and I any better than Peter? He does met into captivity, and in the captivity he shall go. If you want to know what happens when you go to captivity, get the book, The Day of the Lord is at Hand. Benjamin was set down into one of the camps. Women were pulled off into one side, the kids in another, the men in another. They were put in a line and lost their head in seven days. Revelation 2, I think, talks about that. Go read it. It says, Keep the faith because you're going to die if you go into the camps. But if you keep the faith, you get a martyr's reward. Some of us are going into the camps. Others are going to lose their head at the hands of the Muslims that worship a demon. His name is Allah. You have your presidents to thank for that. They're allowing Islamic sites to be built around this country that are nothing but terrorism centers. Some whole cities are being taken over by the Muslims, and they do their demonic incantations and call to prayer. They're not praying to God the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They're praying to a demon named Allah. And their demonized prophet, his name is Muslim, uh, Muhammad, he was a pedophile. And admitted in his own writings that he was demonized. Okay. The New World Order knows this. They're going to even pit the Muslims against the Christians. They've blamed the Muslims... For nine one one, when that was a CIA inside job, my friends, to take your liberties away, give you the Patriot Act, a five hundred page bill that they had waiting in the wings. It was written by communists. That was the beginning. Patriots Act one and two. Their plan was to attack on multiple fronts, take away our civil liberties. plunge America into poverty, where you, you spend all your money, you sell all your possessions, and then you beg for mercy from the government. You're willing to do anything that they ask you to do. You sell yourself, like is what happened in Egypt's time. They sold their cells. So this time we don't have Joseph as number two in command. We've got a, a pharaoh reincarnated, if you want to call it that. We've got a, a demonic group of men and women that have no problem at all seeing you and I die because they want to kill us anyway. They want to take 5.5 billion of us to the grave. So that's what they're doing. They've systematically tore down this house, which was America. It's been sold off to the highest bidder. And that's just the beginning. can't turn that back. Many will... Wash their robes and make them white. Many will be beheaded for the gospel at the hands of the Muslims. Some are going to die. Nuclear fire, nuclear biological, chemical attack is coming on this nation. It's already been seen. We will have a Red Dawn invasion. Mexico, Cuba, Nicaragua, Central America are going to invade. China and Russia are going to attack. You know, the interesting part is God is going to allow it to happen because of our sin. We thought we could get by with it. God's going to have his way. If you think you're going to stop God from doing what he wants to do, you've got another thing coming, my friend. You can't repel this with your AR-15. I thought I was going to do it. I had night vision goggles bulletproof vest, I was about to buy a missile silo. At one time, I had the money to almost do that. I had become paranoid. I had a demonic spirit. And I would get angry at God. I said, God, if you're not going to protect this country, I'll do it myself. That was wrong. Thank God he had mercy on me. And I was able to get some deliverance. If you're able to do anything in the physical to extend your life, it should only be for one reason. So you can pluck a few more out of the fire, because that's all that is going to matter at the end. end. When all the accounts are settled, it's not what you were able to do down here. Do you think you're immortal? You're going to live to be 500 years old? And so if you amass enough weapons, enough ammo, enough gold, enough food and water, You can hold out. Dude, we all die. The question is, how did you live? What did you do for Christ while the spirit was still in your body? So that's folly to think that we're going to be able to repel the new world order, that God himself is going to allow to overrun this country. Doesn't mean I have to be happy about it. I'm not. I'm sad that we've been invaded by communists. We knew about this in the 50s and we did something about it. It's a little bit late now. This is not the same country as it was 60 years ago. And corporations, which, which we called American, they have no loyalty to you and I anymore. They're multinational corporations now. We have no problem sending our men and women over to be slaughtered so that Halliburton can gain a few more profits. And guys like Cheney, can walk away with their billions, the Bushes, the Clintons. Michael Chertoff can come in and start the Chertoff group and go around telling us, it's okay, you need the body scanners. It's for your safety. Someone tried to smuggle Obama in underwear. That's hogwash, come on. Al it had said, that was all planned. It's bullcrap. And I get angry about it, but I can't do anything about it except pray. It's going to come, and worse things than that. The real question is, is are you going to be offended and fall away and take things into your own hands? I took things in my own hands one time to catastrophic consequences. I get angry at God. I said, God, if you're not going to intervene, I'll do it my way. I don't recommend that. And this time it'll get you killed and you'll probably spend an eternity in the hell because you decided to fight God. So no, he has not called us to pick up arms in this time. Are you, are you saying that uh, you don't believe in the Second Amendment? No, I do believe in the Second Amendment. I do believe in the right to protect my family. If someone wants to come in and try to to rape my family, to kill me? You know, there's people that will kill you for 10 bucks in some of these other countries. Serious. You have a right to protect yourself, but I'm talking about when the New World Order rolls into town and we're under martial law. We haven't been called to take up arms against him. In fact, uh, you're going to lay your arms down at that point in time. He that seeks to save his life won't lose it this time or that tries to to stop the New World Order by picking up the sword, you'll die by the sword. The word is very clear on that. You'll die by the sword, he who lives by the sword. If you try to save your life, you're going to lose it. That's not the way to make it. I do believe there will be some people that will endure till the end. What quality of life they will have at that point, I don't think it will be that great. You probably will want to have went on home to be with the Lord as a martyr. My grandmother had a vision of martial law. They came in and gave everybody injections. They all died. We're Christians. But you said they didn't feel any pain. Stepped out of this body, you're in the presence of the Lord. Even for those that get their heads cut off, it's a split second, you're in eternity. I don't think you'd even feel it. But if you're ready to meet death, because you know where you're going to spend eternity, now you become a threat to Satan, because he wants us all to be in fear. He wants us all to spend our lives worrying about how we can extend it another day. And in the meantime, we did nothing for Christ. If you're not willing to sacrifice your life, then forget about the gift of salvation. It's a gift. But Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. Is the servant greater than the master? If they persecute me, they'll persecute you. If you're not willing to put your shoulder to the, the plow and work for me, and you look back, you're not worthy of the kingdom of heaven. Pick up your cross and follow me. That's what he called. He was going to die. We all should be ready to die for Christ. But until he calls us home, we need to be about the Father's business. That means preaching the gospel, the good news, because people are going to die and go to hell. Because they did not know Christ. Because maybe you didn't do your job and warn people that you could have warned. We're to stand in the gap for the innocent. We're not to sit around and take this crap. We're to go out there and see people delivered. Shout it from the rooftops. What you're doing with your kids is going to demonize them. Speak against these doorways of sin that cause people to have their souls blown up because of fornication. And you said, well, if you're going to have sex, just at least use a condom, okay? I don't want to be a grandparent. And they develop an ungodly soul time. They've lost their minds. They can't love because they slept with 25 people outside of wedlock. Or they went out and you know, I want them to sow some wild roots, some sow some wild seeds. Let them, you know, let them, let them be young while they can, and they go out there and they get and pick up AIDS, or they blow their minds away with drugs, become a crack addict, because you want not tell them the truth. Now we've been called to preach the gospel, to cast out demons in Jesus' name, to help people that are in tragic situations to help feed the poor, to help the widows, like Dr. Pat Holliday, to help the orphans They have nobody to stand up for them. We've been called to bless Israel. Genesis 12.3. That's what we've been called to do. Let's save our own skins. So how dare you call us unpatriotic? We love this country. I spent six and a half years in the service of this country. Some of the greatest men and women I've ever known were military. And I'm sounding the alarm now about this travesty which is sending our troops to Afghanistan and, Russia, uh, and Iraq in these other theaters. We need to call them all home. We need to keep our nose out of other nations' business. We've got plenty of oil here. It's about drugs and oil, my friend. Support the greed of an elite that really can care less about you and I. They don't have any problems sacrificing people. So it gets me a little bit angry. But I'm willing to take the time and explain it to you, Patriot Greg, because I was in the same shoes as you were. And I was headed for destruction. I was in rebellion. God's going to weed rebellion out of the church. He wants you to be willing to sacrifice all for His Son and lay your life down. If you don't want to lay your life down for Christ, you're not worthy of Him. The patience and the faith of the saints. The patience and the faith of the saints. That's the key to making it. See, Jesus. You're going to go through persecution if you're going to call yourself a Christian. It's a given. And it's how you react to that which is going to determine where you're going to spend eternity. If you try to deal with it in the flesh, you'll lose. But if you keep on working while you still have an opportunity to work doing what God has called us to do, then not only can you make it, but God can sustain you until he says it's time for you to come home. However he decides to do that, that's up to him. He only knows. he chooses that you're going to be a martyr, count it an honor. Get a martyr's reward. But thank God. Some people out there are, shout, are shouting the truth from the, the housetops, like we're doing here on this program. We're trying to tell you so that it doesn't come on you as a thief in the night. That's what the thief in the night is talking about. not talking about a, a fake rapture. We're going to have Trezor from the Congo. You go tell the people in Congo that there's a rapture going to take them out. They say, what rapture? My father was murdered. My mother was raped. My little brother, he's in the mountains right now. Learning how to do incantations because they they captured him and took him off into the mountains. He's a revolutionary soldier now. What do you mean I was getting out of here? I lost half my family in the church that got burnt down last week in Darfur. These are people that love God over there. They're not sinners of corruption like we have here in Hollywood exporting its crap the world over. And all the nations want to be like us? We're going to give an accounting for what we allowed to happen here on our borders. So do we need to be fearful in the last two minutes I've got remaining? Absolutely not. All we need to do is fear God. And we need to say, God, forgive me for wasting my time. Help me to redeem the time because the days are evil. What would you have me to do? I'll tell you what you can do. You can wake up and decide you're going to make a difference with whatever time you have remaining. You can lose your life for Christ and count yourself uh, blessed. Get into the game. Report to the front lines. Preach the gospel. Cast out demons in Jesus' name. Dispense with all these doctrinal dissertations. Feed the poor. Bless the widows. Bless Israel. Make a difference while you still can. That's my message for tonight. Lord, forgive me for waking up so late in the game. And if you like um, what we're doing on this program, support Omega Man Radio. We need your help. Support Dr. Pat Holliday, Miracle Internet Church. If you need deliverance, You can count on Dr. Pat Holliday to take you in there at their church. They won't kick you out and say, uh, you need to go see a shrink. Support the deliverance ministry. Support the poor. Bless the widows. Bless Israel. That's my best advice tonight. Sell your ammo and your guns, okay? And go feed the poor with it. Support the Deliverance Ministry. See some people set free. Have their minds restored. Invest in souls. Liquidate and invest in souls. Put your reward in heaven. He that wins souls is wise. That's my financial investment advice for tonight. God bless you all. See you tomorrow night.
2: Thank you for listening to Omega Man Radio. Our mission is to operate in the threefold ministry of Jesus Christ and take evangelism, deliverance from demons, and miracle healing to the world. If you would like to partner with us, you can support this work by donating any amount online at omegamanradio.com. Join us in an all-out attack against the hosts of hell. It's time to deliver a death blow to the
3: enemy and take back territory for Jesus. Tell a friend and support Omega Man Radio.